This should be tape one, Saturday, April 20th, year everybody for waiting. I had some uh, inter interesting internet issues and stuff like that there. And it's Saturday night. What's this? April the 20th. Almost Christmas. April the 20th, 2013. I'm Wong June. Hello, Patricia. Did I lose Patricia? I wonder if I lost Patricia. Hello there. Hold on, hold on, caller. I think I lost Patricia. Ah, oh, there. Okay, give me a second. Call you stay by. I think we lost Patricia. Let's play a little music. <laughs> Jaws for Windows is ready. Welcome to Skype. All fade down. Got escape. Leaving menu bar. Skype straight. Top of five. How would you rate the overall quality? It's hard to find. Escape and Skype trademark 18. Walton.news. Patricia. Selected Bill Bragg. Patricia. Patricia. Carolyn. Carolyn Vines. Page up. Page up. Imaginary colors. Echo slack. Bill Bragg. Bill Bragg. Online. 30100. Bill Bragg. Echo slack. Imaginary. Jerry. Jimmy Will. John Gast. Kansas. Larry Gast. Molin. Susan, plus one, Bill Ryan, Cynthia Cole, Dennis Hart, Frank Gress, Jeff Silver, Jim Taylor, KAC, Carolyn, Carolyn Ryan, Patricia Newitt, phone application, send SMS net, invite the group call, enter, leaving menus, Patricia Newitt, phone number, unloading jobs, crypto cancel, okay. He's here. All right, now we can turn down the music. Hello, Patricia. Oh, she really is here. Hi. Hi, and hello, and hello, caller. How are you? Hi. This is I'm this is Paul. I'm doing good. Hey. Hey, Paul. How are you? Hi, Paul. Well, one, oh, I guess I could give us up for either one. One or the other is still a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. So how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good this week. I'm I am glad to hear it. Me too. I got a treat for you. Yeah, will you what? I have a treat for you. I thought that's what you said. That's what I said. I have a treat for you. Oh, what that's is your, that? That was your cue. What is it? Well, let me tell you. I have a little collection of special shows that Fibber McGee and Molly did, like Mayor of the Town and Heavenly Days. So I'm putting them together, and you can have them, too, along with your Fibber McGee and Molly collection. 
Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I was thinking about that and thinking how I haven't heard much of them lately. Um, well, I have some, and they are yours. I'll just put them in with your fibbers. Well, I appreciate that very much. My pleasure. Do you, do you get any of those um, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not shorts? Ripley's Believe It or Not? I have some on shorts, Believe It or Not. Uh-huh. It was a radio series. Yeah, I know. I've, I've got a couple of them, um, Amazing But True, but I think I also have uh, a bunch of Ripley's. Are you saying, Walden, that there actually was like half hour or one hour? They were half hour radio show hosted by Ripley, and Ozzy yeah. and Harry and was his band. I don't have any of the big ones. I don't have the long ones, Walden. They were the half hour and the 30. And Are you telling me they're in the, in one of the boxes? No, they're not. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Mom's got two. Oh. Mom's got two more ready to go. Well, I've got one still down in the trunk. And Are you receiving all of the, what was in Walden's room? Yes. And you yes Partly. yes. Partly. The, the whole thing that his mother was saying, when are we going to be able to get rid of this? And I said, oh, goody, I'll take them. And I had no idea she was serious about when are we going to be able to move in this room. <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's just going to be easier for Patricia to move out to California. Yeah. Well, I think it's... Yeah, but you, you have to have a room to dedicate to this? I, I don't have a room to dedicate to myself. I have a very small apartment. My apartment would probably sit in most people's living room. <laughs> but um, we're figure, if you can't go lateral, you go vertical. Uh -huh. I was just going to say so, you're going to have to make some walls. Um, going vertical, sure, sure. I have some really sizable bookcases, so I'll get them in there. Anyway, you know, one Patricia Dublin, then she could send it to somebody else if she runs out of space. But my mom is... My mom has driven Patricia to get stuff transferred. <laughs> she wants to strike one. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. She's, oh, you're too funny. You her. are too funny. She said, well, just before the show. Now, I need more spindles. Now, we're, we're going to 50 and 100 CD spindles. What do you mean spindles? Um, when they, you buy... they, call them, they call them cake boxes. They've got a, a tube in the middle and the, and the discs just sit there and then it screws the top on, a dome. Right. When you buy blank CDs now, they can come in little boxes of 50 or 100s. Right. And so my mom calls them spindles. I don't know what the right term, but... I... Yeah, it, it's called a cake box box um, because it, if you had a, a stick and kept putting donuts on the stick uh -huh. that's the way these things are stacked and then a um, container top comes down that fits over the CDs it's a, and it looks like a little tower yeah yeah so but is she didn't I hear uh, you say that she's referring to um, cassettes as having also. No. Yes, they're they're on they're on a spindle. The CDs are. The CDs are on the yeah. spindle. The CDs are like donuts with a hole in the middle. I I have. And they 
and they, they, you, you put them on a stick. The stick goes through the middle, so they keep stacking up. You make a stack like you would with donuts. I have cassette in um, box in um, bookshelf binders, and so Larry got a ton of those in his garage, and Underscore Bill got those in 25 boxes, and Jerry Yendigas over 10,000 cassettes are being dubbed, and we're madly trying to get over 8,000 CD transferred. It is a I, I'm a one-man, uh, full-time job for about six I was people. I was thinking wrecking crew. <laughs> uh, so, so are you doing this transferring to the... Hard drives. However many terabyte hard drives you got. Uh-huh. Uh doing that with the twins? Yep, I'm doing that then with mobile, then, uh, and then I can share them with Spurvac and with reps, and then, uh, we're backing them up and trying to figure out what's the best sound quality, try to improve the overall sound quality of the hobby and share it with as many people as possible. That way they can hear it on the air. So, so it, it, it's, a, it's a big job. Well then, you know, um, myself as well as uh, many others I've heard mentioned are so impressed with the sound quality. Yeah. Of uh, these big old records, right? Are there some that have sound quality issues with a bunch of pops? And is there somebody who actually goes in and removes each pop? That's what Jerry Hendigas does. That's what Jerry. Bur there are certain guys that there's a computer software called Diamond Cut. That is the number one. It was originally developed for the Edison cylinders, the Edison record cylinders, and to take all those pops and hisses out. But, uh, cause Jerry Hendigas, who is now the number one, uh, Spurvac dubber, he was on the beta group to test this whole system out. That's what he uses to clean up all the snack, crackles, and pop. And so, that's why when I started collecting in the 70s, we didn't know where a lot of the masters were, and so a lot of them were muddy and fifth, sixth, seventh generation with a bunch of hiss. But now, because we can go back to the original sources or to first generation, uh, today's audience, like Patricia and you, get to enjoy a lot better sound quality than what I started out 40 years ago. And, um, because we know where the masters are a lot better today than we did all those years ago. So, it, the, ho the hobbies have really been very helpful just to trying to get it to increase the overall sound quality. Yes, now what was that software called again? Diamond Cut. Diamond? Diamond. D-I-A-M-O-N-D, -D, Cut. <laughs> and that's the software that a lot of people use to clean up. Recordings. I mean, cut that in C U T. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. So that that's the uh, that seemed to be the software. Now there's probably others out there. There were there were um I'm trying to remember the name of the company. Maybe somebody out there can remember. Uh, first generation, a bunch of company bought a software about ten years. It was thirty thousand dollars to clean up. But now that same software 
you can buy for a thousand dollars now. So, like anything else, software to clean up recordings have just gone right down to the bottom in terms of prices. And that, that, that helps. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. Oh, are you, are you, are you, <laughs> sorry, are you telling me that you want Ripley's Believe It or Not in exchange for a correct answer tonight? Uh, no, I'm not. I just want, as I heard some today, I was wondering, and, you know, sometime I'm sure I will, but, um. I'll give you an interesting sidebar about Ripley Believe It or Not. There's still, when I was doing research about museums around the country, there are several Ripley, believe it or not, museums around the country. I've been in one in San Francisco. Ah. Yeah, then I learned just recently that uh, my oldest sister recently has gone to it also, as well as a wax museum there. It's on Fishman's Wharf. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been to it. Ah. So, so each one will have different stuff then, right? If it's I don't know. Stuff that's in the museum. I haven't like, been. In, I haven't been to one, so I really don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know where they are besides San Francisco? I don't have the list in front of me. I don't know. Maybe somebody might who has a computer might be willing to look <laughs> one up, but I'm not going to um. ask because it might. He might count it as a homework assignment. It's and homework, and but... She, and she's on spring break right now. I am? Well... Oh, uh, you just keep announcing that, and I'll look up Ripley's in exchange, okay? <laughs> Patricia, which, which, which one have I been building on? Fibber or, or Gildersleeve? You're finished with Fibber, and I'm starting Gildersleeve. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, um, we can just keep going on it, but I do... I do enjoy the Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, a lot. Well, I'm not going anywhere, so and you're not going anywhere, so we can mix them up anytime if you'd like to do that. Mix them up like if I give you, if you, if you win one, two, three, and four of Gildersleeve and then want to take a break with Ripley's and have that instead, and I could do that. We don't have, oh, but you like to go straight through. One through nine. One through five. I can make sure I have the whole thing of each one. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll help keep track of that. Okay, we've got San Francisco, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, St. Augustine, Florida, Los Angeles, New York. Um, that's another Gatlinburg. So they really are all over the place. Oh, so there's at least six. Well, museums. Let me see if I can find a list. Only because it's you guys. I think it was. I think Ripley was originally a newspaper columnist, if I remember right. Yeah, a, a kind of a cartoonish panel. Uh huh. Yeah. Mhm. Mm oh, Wiki should have something, huh? Oh, there's a good chance Wiki has everything, doesn't it? I do believe. Well, look at this: museums in Asia, Europe, North America, Canada, Mexico. All right, let me see. In the United States, according to this, we've got California, Florida, Maryland, Missouri, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Thirteen. Wow. And then we have ones in Asia, 
Uh, I don't even want to open that one. Denmark, United Kingdom, I don't know how many countries are there. Um, Canada, Mexico, Australia. <laughs> Australian Wyoming. <laughs> I just had to say that. So do you, do you think, um, I mean, I'm guessing that he must have traveled all over the place to find well, as much as he could to put in museums as well as just, uh, oh, I guess he had books, right? Well, I think it was a franchise because Ripley died in, I think, the 40s or the 50s, so somebody must be taking his... Uh, name and license it as a franchise. It's what I'm thinking. Well, let's see. Robert Ripley. Um, I, I'm not I'm not sure. Uh, an icon. Let's see. An icon in the world of cartoon art and founder of the entertainment empire based on truth is stranger than fiction. This, this looks pretty good. New York. New York. Ripley. New York. <laughs> Somebody with a computer is a little slow tonight, but that's okay. I'll pretend it's me and not the computer. I should have been prepared with mine ready. Uh, okay, all right. An icon of the cartoon art world and founder of an entertainment empire based on the premise that truth is stranger than fiction. Robert Ripley was an adventurer and trailblazer. His first illustrations were published on January 2nd 1913 for the New York Globe. Originally, he assembled a series of small sketches entitled Champs and Chumps, which included such facts as A. Forrester of Toronto ran 100 yards backwards in 14 seconds. Wow. And S.D.C., S.D. meaning first initials, C, S.E.E. -E was his last name, hopped 100 yards in 11 seconds. Disappointed with this work, he scratched the original title and inserted Believe It or Not across the top. To his amazement, the cartoons were hailed by the public as revolutionary. As a result, Ripley became an overnight sensation. Uh, he dedicated his life to travel, reporting his experiences, and brought back with him unbelievable artifacts and collections. His first collection was on display at the Chicago World's Fair in 1933. Throughout the 30s and 40s, he lectured. Today, Ripley's legacy lives on in the form of a collection of global attractions. Ripley's Believe It or Not is not the fast, it, oh, forgive me, is the fastest growing and largest, most successful chain of amusement museum type attractions in the world. There are 30 Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, auditoriums, ODB, not auditoriums, but auditoriums in operation. It doesn't say how people go about getting a franchise or how they're set up, or um, but you can buy a lot of tickets, and they'll give you a way to buy tickets. When did he? When did he pass away? Made us on the Wikipedia. Oh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, 1933. Shortly after. In 1949, it doesn't say a date, but oh my gosh, he was only 55. And after all oh, that goodness. stuff, all that he stuff. come from a wealthy family, so he had money to travel all over the world. I don't, I don't know, but anybody who travels in the jungle without jungle fever medicine, I think is a little off, um, probably doesn't need money. Everybody gives him money to stay away. 
1949. He died in 1940, age 55. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, his radio show and his um, newspaper probably helped uh, cover the cost for him, Paul, would be my guess. Well, he had to do a collection before he could do a radio show. Ripley, and he, he, people sent him stuff for the cartoon. They probably sent him a lot of artifacts as well. Robert Ripley. Let's see. Robert Ripley. Let's see. And what am I supposed to be looking for, Walden? Oh, whether he was rich? <laughs> I, I guess we're just looking for a little more background. He, we, so we know he died in 1949. That's what I would curious, and Paul's wondering about his background. Okay, so we've got a little bit here. <laughs> Don't go away. Homework, homework, homework. We, get, we can't do homework tonight. We have to save homework for later. Uh, I'll do this, but then we have to save homework for later, because we're going to be moving a little bit faster through phone calls tonight. Let me see. Cartoonist. Right. I beg your pardon? I said, is that right? You got yeah, we did that. I missed, I missed what you said, Paul. I'm sorry. I, I said, is that right? We're going to be moving faster? You have something planned up your sleeves? No, just a little bit faster because we've missed a lot of people who haven't been able to get through. So we thought if we move just a little bit faster in the beginning and then call back and we can take uh, have a, a longer conversation later because things slow down in a couple of hours. So that's what we're doing. All right, let me see. Explorer, reporter, adventurer, illustrator, collector, and seeker of the odd and unusual. A man who lived a life that can only be summed up by the statement he himself created, believe it or not. I don't think he created that. Believe it or not, you wouldn't. His life work, discoveries, artistry, we want to know, let's see. He was born in Santa Rosa, California, avid artist, great athlete, Semi-pro baseball at age 13. Walden, is that possible? He pitched semi-pro baseball at age 13. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely possible. That would make it in, in 1903. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At age 14, he sold his first cartoon to Life magazine for $8. $8 in 1904. Pretty good money. Mama mia. His father didn't make that much in a week. 1913, he moved to New York as Robert. Um, slow sports day, drew up nine unusual sports events in small sketches. So his cartoon work took off. An uncommon man. Doesn't say anything about his family. Let me see. Don't go away. Santa Rosa, that's not, that's not real far from me. I've been there. I've spent uh, a week in there. Wiki, wiki, wiki. And his wife there. Wiki, wiki. He, and when he was 23, oh my goodness, the man was as homely as a picket fence with bad slacks. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. He's homely. Uh-huh. Very homely person. Um, you know, and part of it could be the way they took the picture, but... He's, he's got an unusual face. I don't want to say, I shouldn't have said homely. His, the pieces of his face don't go together well. Does that? That's not nice. I, I didn't say that right either. 
Well, yes, I did. The pieces of his face don't go together well. Not as well as they could have. No, his 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 nose is very large and very aquiline. You know, almost like a basil rathbone nose, but his eyes are quite small, and his eyebrows are very low, and he he looks a little like Bella Lugosi. Hmm. What do you know? Okay, let me see. Subjects covered. Career. We want early life, early life, personal life, personal life, personal life. Where is he? Um, made his first trip. We want to know about his background and his parents. Who did we just hear then? Is that like uh, Walden's brother or something? I would, I would point you with, uh, I get dubbed because um, Michael Beale will not be on Kamal. Um, I am pulling together more stuff. Michael Beale can't get Skype to work from England. And just before the show, I dubbed over an interview John Dunning did with Ray Bradbury. And I was talking to Larry. Larry and John will join me in the show. We're going to feature, um, besides the disc jockey, Eddie Hubbard, we're going to feature the time I just sat down with Spike Jones Jr. here about a week ago. And then I put together John Dunning interviews ranging from... Uh, him sitting down with Bill Harris and Ray Bradbury and a lot of interesting people that will feature throughout tomorrow night. So I was just rewinding my tape. Okay. Rewinding your tape. No, the only thing I can find, the only thing I can find are the are his parents' names. So no, no information about them. That he had parents. I, I guess that's nice to know. We had parents, so okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? Sure. What are we doing? Do you have a theme? Um, yeah, we have a theme. Hold on. I forget what my theme is. <laughs> I'm cold. Midterm tests for school, grade school and high school. We're we're into midterms. I don't know what's happening in college, but we're into midterms for the the grammar school, middle school, and high school time. What is the one subject you dreaded even thinking about? That would be math. Any particular one? Any particular math subject? Like um, ge geometry or uh, algebra or just straight math. Long division. Oh, so grammar school wouldn't where Oh, you really hated that, huh? And fraction division, yes, I hated it. Um, I should have asked for help more. I was embarrassed to say I didn't understand in class. And my mom, even being a teacher, I think I can only remember sitting down maybe once, maybe twice, uh, getting help from her with it. But I did make up for it in later years. Uh, algebra <laughs> to basic twice to, to get a better grasp on it, moved it from like a B to uh, either an A or a B, I think an A. Um, went uh, into uh, the intermediate algebra, got bronchitis, was off for a week, maybe two. When I came back, they were in the quadratic equation and I wasn't up to speed. So I had to pull out of class while I still had time to not have it affect my grade. Mm-hmm. That's one of the subjects you can't catch up on because they're building all the time. You can never catch exactly. up. 
just can't catch up. What was the best subject? What what subject did you think you were going to ace? I took um, an industrial math class, though, that I enjoyed the most because it, it gave you practical uses of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I made up for it as an adult, but still long division, uh, you know, was a problem for me. I, I, I could, as an adult, I could do it while I was studying it, but then time goes by and I don't use it, you know, and then calculators start using those regularly. Yeah. I forget how to do it. Yeah, it, it is. If I had to sit down and do it, by hand and head today, I'd have to stop and think for a second. Mm-hmm. I would. Right. I, and, and it was stuff that we just did naturally in school. What was the subject you thought you were going to ace or you had a pretty good chance of doing that? Uh, well, that would be in high school. And that was a shop class, a metal shop, where I was a teacher at A for two years. I believe that I got A's in that. I knew. So that that was a no sweat. When that uh, testing was coming up on any level, you were okay with that? Well, we didn't really have testing, so to speak, in that. Um, well, no wonder you aced it. You didn't have one. Well, you were well going to. I still would have. I mean, that was what I was into ever since I was a little kid, working with my hands. So, yeah. in fact, I moved from a. Um, private school in Hayward that I went to for my freshman year, uh, I moved to the public school in my hometown um, based on the, the argument that I would have to wait till I was a senior before I could take any kind of shop class in the freshman year of school, and I could take shop classes right now in uh, the public school in my mm-hmm. hometown, so they let me move, and, and I did, and, uh, but, but here's the you know how Johnny can't read? Um, so when I first went there, I had to meet with a, a counselor to see about what classes I need to take and all, so she could hear where, where was I, what have I taken. And because I took algebra in my freshman year, she said, oh, you don't need to take any more math. That, that's enough right there. And being a dumb teenager and not caring for math, I went like, oh, goody. And so, and my parents, you know, like just struggling to keep their head above water because my sister had just been um, killed in a bicycle accident during that freshman year. Um, they weren't paying attention and thinking, you know, I'll need to take more math. So I just listened to that counselor. I didn't uh, apply for any, sign up for any math classes. And, for the next three years, I didn't, didn't have any. Works for me. If it's not your best subject, boy, that works for me. Okay, I have a trivia question for you. Drum roll, please. There we go. Very good. Thank you. Was that you, Walden? Yeah, me. You're good on sound effects. I you thought. are so good. You have, your, you have your sound effect doohickey tonight so I, that I everybody have... can... I have to go look. I don't know where it's your, at. Your mother put it in uh-huh. the place. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's in one of my boxes. That would be great. <laughs> okay, Paul. This is the phrase introducing one of our old-time radio shows. This is a quote. There is just one way to deal with the killers and spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal. What show is that? 
Yeah. You, you got it. What Paul. show was that? You got it. He, he, he said it, okay, and I stepped on him. Yes. Deal with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. You got it. All right. So I have to keep adding to your collection of Gildersleeve, is that correct? All righty. Let me make sure I got the right thing here. Oh gosh, we got sirens out there. Saturday night and sirens aren't a good thing. I'm gonna say one more thing about the math. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I use I use trigonometry regularly in my profession as a machinist doing right triangles and such. Mm -hmm. You know, and math as a machinist, you are constantly using. So in that regard, you know, I, I get my hand in it that way, but it's fairly specific. <coughs> okay, so. All right. What, what is the theme? Did you already tell me that I forgot, or? That's what we've been talking about, your favorite subject. It's, the, it's oh. um, spring break, uh, or spring midterms. Midterms. And what was the subject that made you break out in a cold sweat? And, and that's my short-term <laughs> That was that was it. So, okay, well maybe we can talk to you later. Okay, you guys. Take care, Bye Paul. Nice you, again. you bet. I'll be listening. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Our number. The the door is open. The cookies in the oven. The milk <laughs> is is chilling in I the. I hope it's your oven because mine's not turned <laughs> on. The, the the milk is chilling in the refrigerator. Uh -huh. and hot bread with butter in the in the oven below. Oh, I have ginger snaps and cold milk. Does Ooh, that work? Yes, that works. Yes. Okay, and I have a real quick question for you, and and I really have to do this. All so right. you can answer the phone, but I have to ask your question while somebody's on the phone okay. with us. Okay? okay. Hello there. You're on the air. Oh, Walton, it's John in Maryland. Hi, John. We Hi, John you. in Maryland. I have a question for Walden, and I want you to stay on the line. Don't hang up, and maybe you can help him if he gets stuck. Uh-oh. This sounds like a trap. No, it isn't. It's a real good one, and I just came across it as we were talking. Okay. Who was the Heisman Trophy winner who had the nickname of an old-time radio cowboy? Hop, that was Hoplong Hop Cassidy, who was the running back in 1954 for the, for the Buckeyes. Hoplong... Yep, yep. He was the. Uh, yep. I'm gonna go eat my cookies. <laughs> oh my goodness! Do well, you remember what his real first name was? Is I don't I guess know. Is. I don't know. Do you, you know John? No, I don't. Always hop along. It's all I remember. Oh, I. Uh, oh, good. Oh, good. So the question is, what was Hopalong Cassidy's first name? The, the the one the no no. There you go. <laughs> yes. I didn't ask my question. That was that was bad. I didn't ask my question correctly. The 1955 Heisman Trophy winner Hopalong Cassidy had a first name. What was it? One foot. Now see, then then you would have said I don't know, and I would have said hooray, I stuck you. But that's not what I wanted to know. Hopalong Cassidy, isn't that great? Well, Silly I have a, I have it. a trivia, I have a Heisman Trophy one question for you, Patricia. Oh, that's wonderful! I'll tell you his name was Howard first. Okay, are you with me, John? Because I need help here. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Here, here, here. What? 
um, there is his son. His son is a famous TV actor today. And this gentleman was the Heisman Trophy winner for the University of Michigan. He had a career in radio and TV. And he was shot down twice in World War II. His son is Mark Harmon. That's right. And Daddy was, um, or is. Yeah, Daddy was. He died? Yeah, oh, dear. Dad gone. Now. Okay, Daddy was. You remember John? Yeah. All right, go ahead, John. Uh, um, help me, help me. Wait, wait, what's the question? Wait, wait, <laughs> Mark, wait, wait, Mark Harmon's dad. You know, he, Mark Harmon, the actor, yeah. Daughter married uh, uh, Ricky Nelson. That's right. And, uh, That's right. But who's the name of Mark Harmon's dad, who was a radio personality and TV personality here in LA, who was a World War II shot down twice in World War II, and actually he was a person of war for a while, I believe. I want to say Bill Harmon, but. I... You're close to the right common name. Yeah, well, he he, mar he, ma he married a movie actress. Yeah, I know he did mom. that, and I can't even remember that poor lady's name. And and her dad was in Franklin Delano Roosevelt cabinet. Knox. What's telling his name before Jim, I Jim, be Jim, 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 Jim Harmon. Yeah. Okay. That's my. All right. Well, do I get half credit because I knew it yes. was Mark Harmon's yes. daddy? Yes. That's right. You get half credit. Phew. Okay. okay. John, don't go away. He's going to ask me another one. I know it. <laughs> I know it in my heart. That's right. How am I going to give him a call this week? So hopefully we'll be able to pull something off. Who Who are you going to call? Mark. Ah! <laughs> I, I, Jethro Gibbs? Yeah, well, Leroy, Jethro Gibbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I got his, you know, I, was, uh, I got his agent number, so I'm going to give him a ring. And, in fact, already I can announce right now, we're going to have Judy Garland's daughter in the month of July. I got an email oh, yesterday. Oh, how great. Yeah, we're going to have Lorna on, and uh, Jimmy Rogers uh, and I are playing phone tags right now. The the famous singer of the Stiffy, Honeycomb and all those Honeycomb, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He has a, a yeah. new book out. Great. So. so, John, how are you doing tonight? All right, I, I think I couldn't get through last week. I had a, I thought I had another one of them stump Walden, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, no. Walden? Uh, good, I guess. You're off the hook. I remember I, what it was. Uh, yes. This is your hit parade. Okay. okay. It, uh, always had a uh, specialized male singer. Right. Like Frank Sinatra, etc. Right. 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 Always had a female singer. She never sang the number one song. Right. It was always reserved for a male for some reason. Yep. Yep. She was on the hit parade for many years. It was her name. What a whole lot of them. You, uh, you talking about the radio or the TV days? She was on for years. Well, uh, up well in the 30s it was B. Wayne. She was on I twice. Yeah, and, and uh, B could be nine. B could be ninety-six in two weeks. Uh, most, during the war, Joan Edwards 
Yeah, yeah. And her dad, her dad was in music, Joel Edwards. And then uh, in the late 40s, my friend Burl Davis took over when it moved out here. And then Doris Day had it for nine weeks. Yeah. And then in the 50s, you okay? You all right, John? You remember who with the uh, the TV group in your hit parade? Who would, who was on TV? Who, right. There are two female singers and one more male singer. That's right, Giselle McKenzie. Another female singer. She used to sing the commercial on the Jack Benny radio show. That's right. Yep. Yep. And then the other one is still living. He's in his 90s and he lives in Missouri. Had him on all about ten years ago. Russell Arms is the other male Russell singer. Arms, yeah, Arms. So now we're down to one more female singer. Now I'll, I'll have Patricia help you. That's right. First initial D as in David. That's it. Good job, John. And you thought I was younger? Well, I wanted. Well, then you have faith. I do. Well, I thought you could help him. You have faith, I you my have, boy. You, you have faith. You have Google. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do. I don't have time to use you. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I I told what I just told Walton. He had faith, and he said, "I have Google." Yeah. Alright, now funny. John, remember what the name of the, uh, the, you know, when your hip parade at the end of the show, on Saturday night, what was the closing theme song? So long for a while. That's right, good job, good job. You are. Okay. Um, the theme palatin, the theme song. Yeah. Um, a theme cowboy that played in all the D westerns. He ended up playing, uh, playing the part of the bartender on uh, the gun smoke on television. Okay. Oh, uh, Sam the bartender, yeah. He wrote the Allison theme song. For, for, for which, radio or television? For Have Good Will Travel? Television. For television. Well, I, think, I think they supposed to use the same well, I, uh, no, they didn't, and it was Johnny Western who wrote it for TV. Well, it, his name, he played the horror characters, too, in the movie. His name was Glenn Strange. Glenn Strange. I would not gotten that one. Uh, well, it, he didn't. Johnny Western was the one who wrote it for television. Could he have been the one to write it for radio, perhaps? No, I think, I think the one he wrote for TV was the one with words. I think it started out with, because the radio version was always instrumental. Right. And... You can Google up Glenn Strange. He also played Frankenstein a couple of times in the movies. Huh. Yeah. Well, you recall we had um, Johnny Western on as a guest, you Walden. Bet. You bet. And we talked about that. You bet. And remember, uh, he, he, remember he wrote, I guess he was on the show... And then they wrote the song after he was first on the show. And then they adapted it, I think, the way he told the story. Maybe I'm wrong. 
He did. He he wrote it um, for it, and it was into the series. Mm-hmm. You're right, mm-hmm. and he wrote it for uh, Richard Boone and left it for Richard Boone. Glenn Strange. Let's see. Um, Well, I I have um I think I do. Do I have the interview with Johnny Western? You should have. We, yeah, I should. I'm I'm not sure that I do. John, we had Johnny Western on as a guest one night. He's the person who sang "Have Gun Will Travel" for television. And then we discovered that he also wrote it and composed it. So he's the one who did that. And I'm looking up Glenn Strange, and we'll see what he wound up with. John, John, what were you doing 62 years ago yesterday? What was that? 62 years ago yesterday. 62 years ago? April 19th, 1951. April 19th, 1951? Uh-huh. I, I, my mom remembered what she was doing. She brought home a bunch. She was like, <laughs> she had the first TV station in her hometown, and this big national event was on, was, being televised, so she brought her classmates home to watch it. And so I was trying to think, if you remember what you might, what happened 62 years ago yesterday? The Queen was coronated. No, that was in 53, I think. You're 1953, Queen Elizabeth. Yep, but this is 51. Eisenhower. Uh, you're in the right... Car- Carrie Truman. You're, you're, well, it's the famous, it's the famous Harry Truman event. Everything Harry did was an event. <laughs> it was such a That's right. It was it was General MacArthur's old <gasps> soldiers never die. Oh my goodness, he and, got canned. Right. And so this was the uh yesterday was the day he gave the speech to Congress and he gave the old soldier never die speech. It was such a big thing. My mom, because she had the only T V set in town, took her entire class home to watch it. Yeah, I bet you did. Fifty one. Yep. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I can't find Glenn Strange and Anywhere. <laughs> uh, well, I can find him, yeah. But I can't find him associated even on an episode of Have Gun Will Travel, then it might be in here. Hold on, hold on. I will find it. But he's um on Gunsmoke, yeah. Let's see if we can find Glenn. But, um, no, not there. I'm going to have to look up IMDB in the meantime. You have to come up with a question for Walden to um, stump him while I look up this information. I wish. Okay. Uh, uh oh. <laughs> Good one. Good one. There was a man named James Kelly on that show. Yeah. What did he play on the radio? What What other part did he play on the radio? The actor. Can you give me the name of the actor or is that part of my guess? Yeah, James Kelly was the name of the actor. But he played the role that he was famous for. Huh. Other than Nora from Nowhere. 
I haven't looked, I haven't heard one episode north of nowhere yet. Oh uh, man, let's see. My brain. That was your own show. <laughs> oh man, I was looking for something for Walden, and I read about Mr. Keen and Mike Clancy's. They, um, according, saying, Saints preserve us. Saints preserve us. And I read one piece by John Dunning, who said in one of the museums, one of the radio museums, they have. Uh, not a statue, but probably a bust. Some, maybe just a, you know, somebody dressed. You, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. a like a statue or a mannequin is the word I'm trying to find. And he's <laughs> scratching his head with his dopey look and his mouth open. <laughs> and that, of course, summarizes. Um, <laughs> no, um, Glenn was always, uh, not always, but he was in uh, cowboy stuff. He was born 1899, grew up a real-life cowboy, and he was six foot five. Wow. Now, now, that is really a challenge. James Arness was, yeah, I've seen it in two different ways, six foot five or six foot six. So to have two big men like that on a single show, my gosh, they must have built... Um, milk cartons for the others to stand on. Well, the, his, his part wasn't uh, the height could be disguised because he was a bartender. He was always standing behind the bar. And he was leaning over, too. Yeah. You're right. That was disguised. He played Frankenstein in a couple of the, of the old Universal movies when they were running out of people to play Frankenstein. Wow. And Look at this. Uh, let's see, there's a, the Lone Ranger Rides Again, rides, uh, Riders of Death Valley, and the universal horror picture genre of the 1940s. Horror star Boris Karloff had grown weary and fearful of his Frankenstein creature typecast. Now, I don't know. Well, anyway, that's what it says. And abandoned the role, and Glenn was the perfect replacement for the job and made his monstrous debut with House of Frankenstein in... 1944, quickly followed by House of Dracula. It was he who played the creature in the cult horror comedy classic with Bud Abbott and Lou Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, really? And, and yeah, as part of the monstrous trio of Bella Lugosi's Dracula and Lon Chaney's Wolfman. Well, I'll be darned, he was the monster. Wow. Yeah. Oh, he oh my gosh, was six foot five. What a what a perfect size for it. I wonder how much they had to build up his shoes. Should I give John should I give John a homework or something? Yeah, how big is Frankenstein's shoe? That's a good question. Yeah. Okay, John, you have to find out how big Frankenstein's shoes were. Okay, I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so good. You, you are so easygoing. I love talking to you. All right, now, we have a theme for tonight, sir. And I can tell you right away it would be algebra. Algebra. Oh, okay, what happened? Did you pass it? Yes, but barely. That's all you needed? Yeah, I barely passed it. What was passing grade? What was passing grade at the time? Oh, my God, 
didn't have any trouble remembering what you hated, though. <laughs> I mean, really, it's easy to remember stuff that you hated. Some places had 65 and others went with 70. So 70, and I know some of them went 75. That was kind of high like by comparison to other schools. 70, 70 was pretty standard. I think below 70 was failing. Yeah. So if you grabbed onto the shoe of the teacher and begged, you got out with a 70 maybe. Yeah? Now, I'm really surprised. I, that, that really surprises me. I, I just don't envision teachers from other generations wearing that much makeup. She was, was she different from other teachers? Did she really stand out with the makeup? Powder puff. Wow. All right, this is a serious question now. I'm not trying to be fresh or anything. Was there a facial feature that she was trying to disguise? Like maybe a scar? That could have been, I don't know. But you really couldn't tell. Yeah, well, I guess if she wore that much makeup, you didn't even know if she had skin under it. You know her personally, you know, which I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, how are you feeling tonight? How am I feeling? Yeah, did you have a good week? Well, well, I had a flat tire. I had to call AAA. Oh. Nobody should have a flat tire. It wasn't far from home. My wife is driving because I can't drive too well anymore. She was driving and then I hear just pull, 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 pull over the curb. Oh. I called AAA. But while we were sitting there waiting, a, a passerby stopped a young man. And he, he offered to change the tire for us. Wow. And I told him that I appreciate it, but that AAA was on the way. Well, gosh, it's really nice to hear that somebody stopped and offered help. John, did you ever run out of gas? Uh, one time. Uh-huh. Years ago when, uh, oh, my God, how many years ago? So you had to walk in both directions. Yeah. They didn't offer to give you a ride back to your car? No, no. I walked back with it. How far away was it? Went, well, it I guess it was about, well, it seemed a long way, but it, when I checked, you know, checked on it later on, it was about maybe four miles. <laughs> I, I just stopped feeling sorry for you. 
So the first one is Cresta Blanca. That's Cresta Blanca Champagne. C-R-E-S-T-A-B-L-A-N-C-A. That's it. Cresta Blanca. That's it. And the guy who wrote that was a cousin of Mel Blanc. Really? Who did that little jingle, you know, that little orchestra you heard. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. That's right. We played that show last night, the first night of the program. You got it, John. That's two down. No, that's what it sponsored. What was the product? Oh. Oh, you guys are in cahoots. <laughs> the face cream. Oh my gosh, you got it. Oh, but, I never thought anybody would get that. Okay, but did you pitch. know? Did you know during the Second World War, they had to drop. They had to drop Italian on that. Right. That's right. They thought it was referring to the one, you know, the Italian dropping bombs or something. So they had to drop the word Italian. Right. I didn't know it was ever in there. Mm-hmm. Italian bomb. Italian bomb. Yep. No, I mean in Campana. But that's what it used to be called, right? John, uh, Campana Italian bomb. Right. That's what they called it. Oh, my goodness. I did not. Boy, you guys are such an education. Okay, what's Fitch? Fitch is shampoo. Fitch bandwagon with Phil Harris, Alice Faye. That's right. Oh, man, he's hot tonight. Now, this one's hard. What I is, know what this is one. Alga? Basically, you're going to get me on it. I don't know. Alga. She just made that up, John. I don't, I've never heard of it either. She, she said, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. You didn't? I didn't. I didn't make it up. I should have looked up what they sponsored, though. Alga was coal, C-O-A-L, fuel coal type in the coal furnace. Alga Cole. And they sponsored somebody. So let me see who they sponsored. Well, the Which one. I should have. Well, let's see. What famous coal? I'm thinking of blue coal. Blue coal? Right. The, the blue flame coal, yes. Are they in the it, coal? I don't know. Uh, Alga Cole. Let me see. Alga Cole's office is Earl's name. Yeah. The Alga Coal Company. I guess if you're going to go on a hot date, you had coal. West you had Virginia. Alga Coal. Let me, let me try radio. Alga Coal Radio. I don't know either, John. Well, I recognized it when I... Okay, Amazon. Alga Free. Old-time radio. Sponsor of this classic old-time radio for an old-time radio program. No, that doesn't help. Hold on. Do, 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 the Hermit's Cave. It sponsored the Hermit's Cave, this says. Well, it must have been in the Michigan version because, you know, the Hermit Cave out in L.A., I don't think they had coal. In L.A.? Well, I don't think that would have been the major sponsor. Oh, good coal. Oh, yeah. I never, I never heard of it at all. Well, n- now you can you can live the rest of your life knowing that you heard of Alga Coal, and I helped. Let me see here, Alga Coal, Alga, Alga. Alga, Alga. That was a trick question. I know. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Episode information for Alga Old Time Radio Show. It looks like Alga may have might have been like the Alga. 
whole radio station or radio program. Hold on. Don't go away. Homework. This is going to be a very heavy homework night, I can tell. I'll go cold. I know. I know. This is what she spends all day. Say, what do I don't know? I can look up and ask Walden. <laughs> Walden, if I, if I looked at you and said, Walden, what don't you know? Could you tell me? Yeah. Geography. Permits Geography is a, it's, um, I'm terrible at. It's, what are you terrible at? Geography. Oh, well, you're going to get a lot of help from me, aren't you? I know. We're good to get it. Yeah, we'll we'll have you somewhere up in Alaska. I wonder if anybody can ever name all 170 countries now. I can't because they've changed them after the war. They've changed so many countries, I, I couldn't remember them. I agree. Map, map makers are having a wonderful time. Every mm -hmm. time somebody sneezes, we've got a new border somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's WJR and Alga Cole that's bring a Hermit's Cave to that's, radio. That's Detroit. Yeah, that's, the, that's Detroit, the local radio okay. station. Oh, Alga Cole sponsored the Hermit's Cave, and I'm vindicated. I'm vindicated. Yeah, but see, you gave us a question you didn't know the answer to. <laughs> well, of course I knew the answer to. I only wanted to know what the product was. You guys were trying to tell me what the radio show was. I don't want to know what it sponsored. I want to know what it was. All right, Patricia. What? Now, the I don't know. Well, that's a good I don't know, Walden. <laughs> I was going to ask this question. I don't know. I know you don't know. I don't Word. know it. When, Word. When, what were you going to ask me? When Hermit Cave was on KMPC in L.A. with John Daner at the Hermit, mm -hmm. did I ever have a sponsor? I don't know. I don't know if we looked at it. But you up. have to know. I don't know. Well, let me see if John... I don't think it was. If John Dunning knew. Well, John, I'm finishing up your envelope this week. And I would like to know what I should put in it before it goes out Stern. to you. What else? You're a hit parade. Bill Stern, I, I have a reason for asking. Oh, okay. I didn't send you Bill Stern? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, what is your reason? I'll be happy to do it. What is your reason? Uh, because one of the boys that, that I was throwing up with was on that show. Oh. And it was a long story. He was, I guess this has been... Back in the early 40s, uh, we, we didn't live in a, a large area. We lived in a small town. Uh -huh. they, never had, they never had overpasses and anything like that for trains. It was strictly on the ground. If the train comes, you had the car, you stopped. Well, it slowed up for this one station or crossing, and he decided to hitch a ride, and he missed uh the ladder that's on the side of the train. <gasps> oh, my God. And he fell on the track. It cut off one leg and cut off one hand at the wrist. Oh, oh my God. And he dragged himself all the way home, crawling on the ground. Got home, and of course, they took him to the hospital. That's the end of that. But he did die, but uh, he went on to earn his letters in high school. In baseball and lacrosse. Lacrosse is a big sport around. Yeah, yeah, it's big. He, and he, he was a varsity, played varsity baseball, and he played varsity lacrosse. Wow. One, oh, my Lord. Day, and Bill Stern had him on the show. Wow. He was given all his 
things that he accomplished. And then he said he did all this with one leg and one arm, or, you know, one hand. Yeah. And it was on there. And I had forgotten all about that show. And I was listening to somebody when Yesterday USA was playing that same, same Bill Stern show. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I would ask for that, maybe uh, that one show might be included. In, in the collection, yeah. Yeah, well, I do have Bill Stern. I'll send you what I have. And I hope he's in there. Bill I, have Stern. A fair, I have a fair number of shows. Bill Stern was oh. an issue. I had a producer on a couple of years, about a year ago. And uh, Bill Stern was an interesting character. You know, he... Creative. Uh, he became an amputee. He blew out of, you know, proportion. I knew yeah. That. But he became an... He, you know, Bill Stern got hurt and became an amputee. And he lived in pain pretty much for the rest of his life. It was just uh, it's amazing how he was able to do everything that he was able to do. Yeah. You know? Hmm. <clears throat> When they gave the description of uh, what he did and what he accomplished, that's, that's absolutely the truth. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't blow it out of, you know. I'm, I'm really glad. You know, one, every once in a while, Bill Stern would get kind of carried away and make up a few things along the way. So I hope people who listened to that show really understood my God! Oh my God! I just I got shivers when you told me what had happened. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's it's astounding that he survived. Yeah, well, and it, it, he cut off his right hand, but he was oh. right-handed, and he had a completely different talent to do everything left-handed. Wow! Wow! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Have you ever tried to look up your friend's name? Maybe you should look him up on a, on the internet. Maybe there's some articles about him. Over the years, John, I I'm just thinking out loud. His name was Mason Cup. Mason Cup. Mason Cup. Mason. Let's see. Bobby Mason. Uh, Bobby Mason? Yeah. Bobby Mason Cup. C U P? That's in Paul? C U P P, probably. Robert Mason Cup. Might have put Robert. I don't know. All right. Let's see. Robert Cup. <laughs> Fundamentalist. Um, Robert Cup. Ohio Republican Party. Probably not. Oh. Um. Mind control. Bionic leg. No. No, I don't see him. Hold on. And Bob Cup, and in today's milieu, Bob Cup is a really high-end golf course designer who not only has fabulous design work, but he's just a just a delightful person. Robert Cup. No, it's not coming up. Robert Mason. I remember I listened to one yesterday USA brought back memory, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, hopefully the show's there in the collection. But I was hoping maybe there was an article about him on the unit. Yeah. Yeah, there might be, but I'm I'm not coming up with it. So, right. okay, John, I will put together my collection of Bill Stern sports reels and 
your job is to let us know if your friend is on there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling. You have yourself a wonderful week. Okay, thank you very much. Take care, John. Thanks. Bye-bye. 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 All right. We're off and running, everybody. 714. Golly, he knew what camp five, camp four, is. Five, two, oh, seven, one. And then I found out they were bombs. Boy, oh, boy, I get so smart with you guys. Well, Except you know. I didn't remember Kelly. <laughs> well, we have to show show what we don't know once in a while. Hello there, you're on the air. I don't believe it. Do you believe it? You're no, like no, I don't believe it. You believe it? Come on. It's me. Um, could whoever could you turn down your radio? I just did. There you go. Okay. Is this Ken? Like crazy. Hey, Ivan. Yes. It's, hi. How oh, are it's Ivan. Ivan, you sounded like Ken Goff for a second. <laughs> well, you know, I've been waiting so long. I've aged. Uh, <laughs> Oh, now really. Ivan, how are you? Fish has been giving me lessons on how to watch that seven-second delay and get in, and I did it. <laughs> no, she didn't. machine, you guys, you know? You tell the truth now. Me tell the truth? I'm yeah, I guess, I, I guess, I, I, guess I did tell you about the delay, didn't I? No, for, I didn't, for, but I, you know, I've I, I called radio shows before. Yeah, he, he, yeah, it's he, um, he, he we actually, oh, yeah, we don't. No, but I've called radio stations where there's a hundred people calling all at once, and I, for some reason, I have been uh, getting. You guys got some really smart callers on this show. Well, they just keep hitting fast dial. We're on speed dial here, and they just keep oh, hitting it until they get through. So now you're going to have to pay attention to our other family members and take lessons from them. I, but you're I, right. I, we, believe me, I pay attention plenty. Good. Yeah. I had a real nice email tonight from Kurt. Oh, oh good. good. And Kurt, it seems, goes back to listening to me 40 years ago when I was on the Skip Wester show with Jackson Brown and people like that before they hit, uh, you know, hit the big time. So I was really, really impressed. Well, my gosh. You know, we have coming home old-time weeks here. Bob in Wisconsin got batched up with Dennis, who is Ron from Hawaii's friend, and the two of them had communicated decades ago with each other, and they yeah. wound up saying, ooh, I know who that is. Very, and by golly, also, he wrote that, he said, would you believe it? He, he, he said, I'm 60 years old, and I never heard... Green Eggs and Ham all the way until today. We played uh, Marvin Miller, who you remember from The Whistler. That's right. Uh-huh. And uh, he did a version of, uh, he did, in fact, a whole album of Dr. Seuss uh, books. And uh, we, we played Green Eggs and Ham. That's one of the interviews I'm going to play tomorrow night when John Dunny sat down with Marvin Miller. So, so people, really? yeah, right. that people get to hear Marvin's story. Oh, wow. Sure we're I talking, we're we're talking with Treasure Ivan, who is in... California, and right. uh, by hmm? what? Tiny, tiny little town of Halcyon, California. It's uh, 15 miles south of San Luis Obispo, which Oprah said was the happiest city in the United States, and who knows, maybe. <laughs> uh, but this is a very, very tiny little town, and we just are having a good time here. Making now, this has got to come with a P.S. because when he's talking about a tiny little town and everybody says, oh, isn't that nice, they came from New York City and went to this tiny little town and you made the transition just, I mean, it was like 
part of we life? Did. We waited to get the place. This is like a, it's not a communal, commune, it's a community, but it's sort of all a, uh, it's not that easily explained, but it's, uh, we waited patiently to get this house and to get this place. And How far are you, gonna, how far are you from San Francisco? Um, you know, it's really halfway between San Francisco and L.A. Ah, uh, okay. So it's 232 yeah. miles from San Francisco. Okay. And, uh, so what, about 200 miles from Los Angeles. Okay, I thought it was a little yeah, closer. Yeah, well then, because, uh, we, it looks like 95% chance uh, we're going to be at the Spurback meeting in, uh, on May 11th. My goodness, you know, cause Bill and Kim are going to be out here the day before. All right. So, gosh, okay, no, but they're not going to be at the Spurback meeting. Well, I'll be there because I'm hosting the meeting. I know. I'm really, really looking well, forward to meeting you. Well, that'd be great. Eva's looking forward to meeting you. Well, then let's make sure uh, you get together with us for uh, for lunch afterwards, because that's when we take the radio people out for lunch. Well, we're going to do the best we can as far as time goes. I'm hoping we're going to get to not have to leave right away. It's gonna okay. Be, we'll just have to find out. But we're, 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 we're pretty sure we're going to make it, and we really hope so. Cause, uh, if not, you come down for the Spurvac Convention. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, what is that going to be? November 15th, 16th, and 17th. That could happen. You know, put that on the schedule. But we just, the idea of seeing Gloria McMillan, you know, Eva said, oh boy, you know, Gloria McMillan. <laughs> well, she's a, she's a wonderful human being, so you'll get, and you with Tommy Cook and Conrad Bingham, you'll, you'll have a good time with the three of them. That sounds like a great time. I yeah. Have to me. I've been going to Friends of Old Time Radio conventions, you know, for a long time, but haven't been to Spurbat meeting in many years, so it's going to be a real treat. Remember the last one you went to? Uh, I really don't. Oh, uh -huh. wait, uh, well, Les Tremaine? Oh, yeah. That that long ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah Les was... Really quite, quite some time ago. Yep. Did it so, twice. You bet. You bet. That'd be fun. Yeah. So I'll tell you what's going on with Treasure Ivan, because we're doing something that I, I'm... Our first really spectacular move. First of all, we're on F. We're simulcast now. For the last oh. weeks, we're on AM and FM out here at the same time, which is wow. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's really a terrific thing to have because it was a kind of situation where their AM station wasn't that strong, and you sort of had to uh, assume a yoga position and stand on your head <laughs> and hold the radio out the window uh, to get decent reception. But now we're on 93.7, and we're getting good reception, and people, of course, can stream it. But here's what we're going to do. This is like sort of a children's program. We certainly play children's records, but we're trying to connect everybody with you know what we're doing. Um, what we're doing now, this big project is, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but when I was a boy, uh, let's say 60-some-odd years ago, uh, there was a Hearts Mountain radio hour. Yeah, the Hearts mm -hmm. Mountain Canary. We do have one episode of that floating around. Do you really? Yes. Yeah. Boy, that's the one I would certainly like to hear. Well... They, course, I have it somewhere. I'll send it. Yeah, Patricia a, has it. Uh huh. An organ and maybe four or five canaries that would sing. That's it. We had a canary in our home who would just go completely berserk singing along uh, with the Hearts Mountain show. And I kept it in my mind all these years. <laughs> Boy, would I like to do something like that? Well, two weeks ago, we forked out some money and we went to a pet store. We got a really slick looking canary. Who, uh, and I've been kind of, you know, Pavlov's dog. This has sort of been Ivan's scenario. I've tried all kinds of music with him. And he's an extraordinary singer. So what we're going to do is put him on the radio and encourage people to have canary, if, who have canaries, which is kind of an out-of-fashion bird at this point, but, you know, to, to sing along. 
And then I got to brainstorm the other day. I said, wait a minute, I got a great idea for kids. And I got on eBay, and for about $15, including shipping, you remember those little plastic canaries that you would fill with water? And In fact, I got one right here. Oops, listen to this. Hear that? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. No? Neither of you? No. Know? No. No. Well, if you, I guarantee you at least one or two or three of your listeners tonight will remember these things. I'm going to do it one more time. You can hear it. Sounds That's pretty, pretty good. good. And I have 75 of these things they sent to me for about 15 bucks. <laughs> and so the idea is if you don't have a canary, and can't, it's like they cost about 100 bucks. But if you don't have a canary, we will send you as a premium one of these plastic canaries. You can put water and drive your parents completely off. That's our plot. Because I have been, now I've covered Pepito, that's his name. I've covered him up with, uh, now when the sun goes down, you cover him. And then when the sun comes up, you take off the cover and he starts singing. But he is, he's madly in love with a plastic canary. He doesn't know that, but I've fallen in love with him. So now, today? tell me, tell me how these things work, please, with the water. Huh? How does it work? Um, okay, I can tell you. There's, there's a little hole in the beak, and there's one uh, where you blow, just a little bit below. It, the, I guarantee you, a lot of your listeners are going to know what this is. Because we all, uh, so many of us had them when we were kids. I promise you, you'll see. So you you blow into this? Watch. Yeah, you put a little water inside it, and then you go <laughs> like that. So, so okay. Uh, okay. All right, you sound like a canary to me. To me, Patricia, I'm going to send you and Walden. I have your address, and you give me. In fact, I'm going to send. Yeah, I'll send one to you this week. Wow. What color would you like, Patricia? I have pink, blue, green, yellow. A blue canary? Blue. Well, you know, a blue plastic canary. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would. I wish they were all yellow, but I, I'm a blue person myself. Huh? I have. Wait, I'll uh, have pink. I, I have a pink case for my computer and a pink mouse. And, yeah, pink. I'm blue. I am blue. I'm, I'm a definitely blue person. All you got to do is somehow give me your address. You can email me your address, and I will have canary, canaries in the mail this week. I'll give you mine now. Okay. 2527. Hold on. Hold on just a second. Got an old-fashioned... Anybody can send two rolls to the same address, by the way. Pardon? I was just yeah. talking to the listeners. They can send tushy rolls to the same address, but okay. it's 2527. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 2-5-2-7. 
Songbird Whistle. Songbird Whistle will show you a bunch of them. And they vary in price, but you shouldn't pay very much for them, I'll tell you that. So, my big question, Ivan, you're a bird, you're a canary, you're a live canary. Yeah. What What's in his repertoire at the moment? Okay, he likes Elvis very much. Okay. I like the Beatles as much as I do. Okay. Today, I got something in the mail. There was a musical written by Johnny Mercer in uh -huh. 1851 yeah. called Top Banana, huh. starring Phil Silvers. Okay. It's incredible. What a musical this is. I can't begin to tell you how good it is, because Johnny Mercer could really turn a lyric. Yeah, you know. he sure could, yeah. He has songs in this thing that are so complicated, and, and I don't think the... They, it ran 350 performances, which is not a whole long run on Broadway, but the songs are great. Anyway, Pepito likes that one a lot. He likes polkas a lot. He likes the Andrews Sisters. Uh, uh, he likes Linda Ronstadt singing When You Wish Upon a Star. That wow. was first, uh, her, his first big solo. You know, and some some songs he he doesn't respond to that much, you know. Uh, as I say, the Beatles he likes, and your bird can sing. Strangely enough, um, that's it, you know. And and I see to it that he listens to the Treasure Ivan show every Saturday and Sunday morning, which has a lot of children's songs. By the way, uh, we do we're doing different programs on Saturday at, uh, at seven o'clock uh, our time, mm -hmm. Western time, and ten o'clock Eastern time. K Y N S. And you can feel, hear the full 55-minute Treasure Ivan show. And we're we're really playing some great stuff right now. Um, uh, just just uh, you know, all, all kinds of really good songs that that it's hard to explain. But adults are going to have a good time. I mean, this fellow Kurt who wrote and said that he enjoyed uh, he enjoyed hearing Marvin Miller do Green Eggs and Ham. Yes, you should. You should hear Green Eggs and Ham. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, it's an important work, and that's what we're really trying to do: is get, connect people with things they may have missed as children. And that, that uh, you know, will help you be better adults. That's, uh, I'm getting quite grandiose about this project because uh, I'm having more fun doing this than anything I've done in my life. And I've had a pretty fun life, you know, singing and playing and all that. But this is uh, radio. <laughs> I've just been waiting to do this. And Bill Bragg, God bless Bill Bragg for yeah. the one to really break this out in the first place, you know, get it started. So I was able to yeah, he kept me, he kept me busy for a bunch of years, you know, thanks to Bill Hydea, he got me something yeah. to do on the weekend, what can I say? Exactly, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, you guys provide us with, you know, it is very much family, you know, listening yeah. to your program is, uh, is, 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 I get to know everybody. Uh, to, to get this email from Craig tonight, wow, I mean, uh, from, from Kurt, rather, yeah. you know, I was just, I was really very, very touched by it. So, um, you know, and, and we've been getting, I'll tell you, uh, since you're here and I'm here too, I will, uh, and since I don't call very often, I don't talk for very long, so let me throw this one out at you. Yeah, I got a letter from this woman um, who has a four-year-old boy, and she wrote, she, I mean, she really, I, w I like to say that she really got it in terms of what the program is about. Um, and she wrote the following. Here we go. She wrote about her four-year-old son. Um, just let me get... I sound like Patricia trying to find the right <laughs> thing on the Internet, you know? But it's right Doing here. your homework, yeah. His name is Bear, and he's a high-energy fellow. Always has been. He rarely stops moving or talking. He is as much a boy as I have ever seen, and prior to motherhood, I was a preschool teacher for years. Mm. In any case... As much as he runs, jumps, and digs in the dirt, he appears to think even more. 
He contemplates, he ponders. I would even say he muses, all while in motion. I envy the richness of his inner life because, man, this kid is deep. Which brings me to your program. He stops moving to listen. It's beautiful. Wow. Particularly the longer stories, which you often ask for feedback on. Uh, he, uh, he, he keys into those long stories in a way that makes me feel proud. Proud that I have a child who appreciates entertainment of all vintages and formats, and proud that I have the presence of mind to expose him to it. It's just amazing watching him listen so intently. We listen to some shows over and over for hours, together or separately, while playing or eating or doing chores. It creates an intellectual and calm mood, and I sing your praises to anyone who will listen. Whew. Wow. What a wow, oh, Ivan, that is so nice. I will forward that one to you, uh, wow. because it really is. I'm just so happy to. Oh, that's a print really and put on the wall. What we're doing, you know. You print that one and put it on the wall. Yep, it's uh, it's really uh, I'm really really thrilled about that. Uh, on the other hand, yeah, I've had a couple letters that didn't get it at all. They, <laughs> you remind me of my weird uncle, things like that. You know, <laughs> right? I'd be complimented if I knew who your uncle was. Could you give me yeah, a thing? Yeah, actually, actually I, I'll, I'll let you hear this one because it's really, which is more than I can say for one of the weirdest shows on the station, the Treasure Ivan show, which consists of 60-plus-year-old kitty songs from music and old radio TV programs on Saturday, Sunday morning. The program and its hyper-cheery host is the kind of offering that causes mothers to draw their kids close and say, Don't, no attention to that, man while hustling out the door as fast as possible. Which raises the question, who is that show aimed at? I can't imagine any kid being interested in reruns of Howdy Doody, and if the show's aimed at nostalgic baby boomers, what kind of old geek would spend an hour or two listening to obscure old kitty radio shows? Except the creepy uncle your mother warned you about. Well, she doesn't get it. Somebody really sent that? Yeah, sure. Well, she, she blogged it, actually. She uh, was. Uh, she didn't like the station in the first place, and she didn't like me at all. So yes, you know, you, you got it. You're you, you're vulnerable when you're on the radio or anything in the arts, you know. And if you're doing something good, somebody's going to just not like you at all. I don't want to know where that blog is. I, I just sent it to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Her, her nickname is Cannonball, which kind of gives you the idea. Of <laughs> <laughs> and where do we light the powder? <laughs> In fact, you know, Lenny Bruce is one of my idols as far as uh, comedy went, because he, he kind of opened the doors for many lesser comedians mm -hmm. than himself. Right. Yeah. He said, when somebody criticizes me, if it's a really a zinger, he said, I have to, I enjoy it. You know, it's, it's when, they're, when they're unfair that uh, then it's something else. But, you know, um, I don't mind. I really don't mind at all, because it's certainly much more made up by the woman who wrote who, who Bear's Mother. That, that, that may, that's a, worth a thousand uh, letters of people who don't get it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We're having oh, Cannon, Cannonball needs her wicklet. <laughs> right. Well, mm. Mm. that's what's going on. And wow. um, if you do have that canary trail, boy, that would be the one for me. I'm well, let me, I have to write it down or I'll forget. Hard so let me, let me do that right now, and then I'm going to ask you a question because sure. that means I can send you more than that. Okay, so now we need the Canary Show. Okay. I found it for Ralph in California, so I know it's in my collection somewhere. Mm 
It's probably in a CD that's titled something like whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, because it was only the one show. But I'll find it again. If I if I can't find it in my mess, I'll find it again. Oh, I love it. Anything you send us, it gets listened to plenty. Uh, Lorenzo Jones, I really got lost in. I think I became Lorenzo Jones in some ways. Really? Like, that is so funny. And you know, before... A couple, you and and at least one other started talking about Lorenzo Jones. I had no idea what you were talking about. Well, to me, that's sitting on the chair and watching my mother iron, and we would just talk back and forth. I mean, when I was six or seven years old, and I just have very fond uh, radio memories of that. Aww. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Okay, you're into kids stuff, right? Well, you know, yes, that's my business. Yeah, all right. That was just kind of like my rhetorical question. You're into yeah. kids' shows. Who was Jingles Jones? Jingles must be uh, the, the Range Riders' partner. One more time. Divine. Andy Divine. Andy Divine. Yeah. Who? Oh yeah. He was, and he was. Uh, he was. A, uh, let me throw out a little more knowledge here. He was also uh, um, Andy's gang. Um, that's right. Okay. And he was um, also... My name is Buster Brown. I live in a shoe. This is my I dog, Tig. He lives in here, too. Yeah. My cousins... I didn't say that right. My cousin said that one night. And... This is my wife. I, I, and he said I Hi. wasn't right. Hey, Eva. Hi, Walden. Hi, Patricia. Uh, hi there. How are you, Eva? Hi, Ivan just uh, threw the phone at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's lucky for us that he did. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. I, I think the reason he tossed me the phone is I, I was piping up to say, didn't Andy Devine do a stint on the Jack Benny show? He sure did. Yes, he did. That's what I wanted to ask him. You are right on top of it. But he, he gave me an answer for Jingles Jones. He knew it was Andy Devine. But he didn't pair him up with the correct person. Do you know who he paired up with as a sidekick? Oh, boy, Jingles. Uh, I don't. It was a Kitty Western. And That's I, right. That's right. I admit I don't listen to many of those. You, you're absolutely in the right territory, so I'm, I'm going to give him a hard time when he gets back on the phone. <laughs> oh, I'll tell him, because he knew who he was. It was Wild Bill Hickok's sidekick. I, I won't. I won't squeal. I'll. I'll let you uh, make Ivan sweat. That <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. So but he, he knew who he, he knew who he was. But you got the Jack Benny thing. Now, when he was on Jack Benny, he was also known, uh, and they would say it occasionally on the Jack Benny show, that he would. He had an honorary position in Van Nuys. Do you know what it was? Gosh, no, I don't remember. Was he the mayor? That's right. Yes, he was the honorary mayor. And Jack would occasionally refer to him as the mayor. Was he sitting in for Rochester at that point? Nope. No, he was... Just another... I'm sorry. Just another character on the show. He was his own character. Interesting. Mm -hmm. We've been listening a lot to um, Phil Harris lately, partly thanks to Kim's show, which I love every weekend on Sunday nights, I think. Yep. Yeah. But also because Ivan adopted a small miniature rabbit. He's a called a Netherland dwarf. And he weighs about two and a half pounds. He's brown oh. and fuzzy. 
and his name is Frank, and we were trying to figure out what his last name was, and I was positing that it might be Remley. <laughs> I think Remley is a great suggestion. If this rabbit can't tell you what his last name is, I think you should have your adoption papers drawn up as Remley. So that's Frank, that's Frank living doors? Well, he's... He... everybody for waiting. I had some uh, inter interesting internet issues and stuff like that there. And it's Saturday night. What is this? April the 20th. Almost Christmas. April the 20th, 2013. I'm Wong Soon. Hello, Patricia. Did I lose Patricia? I wonder if I lost Patricia. Hello there. Hold on, hold on, caller. I think I lost Patricia. Ah, oh, there. Okay, give me a second. Call you stay by. I think we lost Patricia. Let's play a little music. <laughs> Jaws for Windows is ready. Welcome to Skype. Alt H down. Got escape. Leaving menu bar. Skype trade. Top of five. How would you rate the overall quality? Escape and Skype trademark 18 Walton. News. Patricia. Selected Bill Bragg. Patricia. Patricia. Carolyn. Carolyn Lines. Page up. Page up. Imaginary colors. Echo slap. Bill Bragg. Bill Bragg. Online. 3 of 100. Bill Bragg. On the mobile. Echo slap. Imaginary. Jerry. Jimmy Will. John Gast. Kansas. Larry Gast. Nolan. Susan, plus one, Bill Grimes, Cynthia Cole, Dennis Hart, Frank Gresson, Jeff Silver, Jim Taylor, KAC, Carolyn, Carolyn Grimes, Patricia Hewitt, phone application, send SMS net, invite the fruit call, enter, leaving menu, Patricia Hewitt, phone number, unloading jaws, click to cancel, okay. He's here. All right, now we can turn down the music. Hello, Patricia. Oh, she really is here. Hi. Hi, hello, and hello, caller. How are you? Hi. This is I'm. This is Paul. I'm doing good. Thanks. Hey, Paul. How are Hi, you? Hi, Paul. Hey, sorry I missed you last weekend. Were you out? Were you out having a good time? Uh, no, I don't really recall what I was doing, <laughs> but I miss you. Um, well, I was either in the front room with my family, or I fell asleep. Well. One, oh, I guess I could give us up for either one. One or the other is still a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. So how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good this week. I'm I am glad to hear it. Me too. I got a treat for you. Yeah, you what? I have a treat for you. I saw 
not. That's what you said. That's what I said. I have a treat for you. Oh, what is that? That was your cue. What is it? Well, let me tell you. I have a little collection of special shows that Fibber McGee and Molly did, like Mayor of the Town and Heavenly Days. So I'm putting them together, and you can have them, too, along with your Fibber McGee and Molly collection. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I was thinking about that and thinking, oh, I haven't heard much of them lately. Well, I have some, and they are yours. I'll just put them in with your fibbers. Well, I appreciate that very My much. My pleasure. Do you, do you get any of those um, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not shorts? Ripley's Believe It or Not? I have some, I'm sure it's Believe It or Not. Uh -huh. It was a radio series. Yeah, I know. I've, I've got a couple of them, um, Amazing But True, but I think I also have... Uh, a bunch of Ripley's. Are you saying, Walden, that there actually was like half hour or one hour? They were half hour radio show hosted by Ripley, and yeah. uh, and Ozzy and Harriet was his band. I don't have any of the big ones. I don't have the long ones, Walden. No, they were the half hour in the thirties. Are one, you telling me they're in the in one of the boxes? No, they're not. Oh, in thank the, you. <laughs> Mom's got, two well, more, Mom's got two more ready to go. Well, I've got one still down in the trunk. And Are you receiving all of the, what was in Walden's room? Yes. And you, yes. Partly. Yes. Partly. The, the whole thing that his mother was saying, when are we going to be able to get rid of this? And I said, oh, goody, I'll take them. And I had no idea she was serious about when are we going to be able to move in this room? <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's just going to be easier for Patricia to move out to California. Yeah. I think it's... Yeah, but but you, you have to... Do you have a room to dedicate to this? I, I don't have a room to dedicate to myself. I, I have a very small apartment. My apartment would probably sit in most people's living room. <laughs> but um, we're figuring, if you can't go lateral, you go vertical. Uh, I was just going to say, so, you're going to have to make some walls. Um, going vertical, sure, sure. I have some really sizable bookcases, so I'll get them in there. Anyway, you know, when Patricia Dublin, then she could send it to somebody else if she runs out of space. But my mom is, my mom has driven Patricia to get stuff <laughs> trained. <laughs> She wants to strike one. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. She's, oh, you're too funny. She's you are it. too funny. Well, just before the show. Now, I need more spindles. Now, we're, we're going through spindles now. And so I hand her Jack Benny and the Halls of Ivy. She just wolfed uh -huh. these down. Woof, woof. Spindles, yeah. All I, right. I have some on some some of these are in 50 and 100 CD spindles. What do you mean spindles? Um... When they, you buy, they, call them, they call them cake boxes. They've got a, a tube in the middle, and the, and the discs just sit there, and then it screws the top on, a dome. Right. When you buy bright CDs now, they can come in little boxes of 50 or 100s. Right. And so my mom calls them spindles. I don't know what the right term, but... Yeah, I, it's, it's called a cake box, uh, because it, if you had a, a stick and kept putting donuts on the stick... Uh -huh. That's the way these things are stacked. And then a um, container top comes down that fits over the CDs. It's a, and it looks like a little tower. Yeah, yeah. 
So, but is she, didn't I hear uh, you say that she's referring to cassettes um, as having a spindle also? No. Yes, they're, they're, on, they're on a spindle. The CDs are. The CDs are on the yeah. spindle. The CDs are like donuts with a hole in the middle. I, I have. And they, and they, they you, you put them on a stick. The stick goes through the middle, so they keep stacking up. You make a stack like you would with donuts. I have cassette in um, box in um, bookshelf binders. And so Larry got a ton of those in his garage, and Underscore Bill got those in 25 boxes, and Jerry Yenigas. Over 10,000 cassettes are being dubbed, and we're madly trying to get over 8,000 CDs transferred. It's a, it's a, I, I'm a one-man, uh, full-time job for about six I was people. I was thinking wrecking crew. <laughs> uh, so, so are you doing, is this transferring to the... Hard drives. However many terabyte hard drives you got? Uh, are you uh-huh. doing that with the twins? Yep, I'm doing that. Then we mob then uh, and then I can share them with Spurvac and with reps, and then uh, we're backing them up and trying to figure out what's the best sound quality. Try to improve the overall sound quality of the hobby and share it with many people possible. That way they can hear it on the air. So, so it, it it's a it's a big job. Well, then you know. Um Myself, as well as uh, many others I've heard mentioned, are so impressed with the sound quality yeah. of uh, these big, old records. Right. Are there some that have sound quality issues with a bunch of pops? And is there somebody who actually goes in and removes each pop? That's what Jerry Hendigas does. That's what Jerry Burke There are certain guys. There's a computer software called Diamond Cut. That is the number one. It was originally developed for the Edison cylinders, the Edison record cylinders, and to take all those pops and hisses out. But because uh, Jerry Hendigas, who is now the number one uh, Spurvac dubber, he was on the beta group to test this whole system out. That's what he uses to clean up all the snap, crackles, and pop. And so, that's why when I started collecting in the 70s, we didn't know where a lot of the masters were, and so a lot of them were muddy, and 5th, 6th, 7th generation with a bunch of hiss. But now, because we can go back to the original sources, or the first generation, uh, today's audience, like Patricia and you, get to enjoy a lot better sound quality than what I started out 40 years ago and um, because we know where the masters are a lot better today than we did all those years ago so it, the, ho- the hobbies have really been very helpful just to trying to get it to increase the overall sound quality yes now what was that software called again diamond cut diamond diamond d-i-a-m-o-n-d cut <laughs> And that's the software that a lot of people use to clean up recordings. I mean, that's in C-U-T? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. So that, that's the, uh, that seemed to be the software. Now, there's probably others out there. There were, 
There were, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the company. Maybe somebody out there can remember. Uh, first generation, a bunch of company bought a software about 10 years ago with $30,000 to clean up. But now that same software you can buy for $1,000 now. So, like anything else, software to clean up recordings have just gone right down to the bottom in terms of prices. And that, that, that helps. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, Paul, are you, are you, are you, <laughs> sorry, are you telling me that you want Ripley's Believe It or Not in exchange for a correct answer tonight? Uh, no, I'm not. I just want, as I heard some today, I was wondering, and, you know, sometime I'm sure I will, but, um, I'll give you an interesting sidebar about Ripley, believe it or not. There's still, when I was doing research about museums around the country, there are several Ripley, believe it or not, museums around the country. I've been in one in San Francisco. Ah. Yeah, then I learned just recently that uh, my oldest sister recently has gone to it also, as well as a wax museum there. It's on Fishman's Wharf. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been to it. Ah. So, so each one will have different stuff then, right? If it's I don't know. stuff that's in the museum. I haven't like, been in, I haven't been to one, so I really don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you know where they are besides San Francisco? I don't have the list in front of me. I don't know. Maybe somebody might who has a computer might be willing to look <laughs> one up, but I'm not gonna um. ask because it might he might count it as a homework assignment. It's homework, and but... She, and she's on spring break right now. I am? Well... Oh, uh, you just keep announcing that, and I'll look up Ripley's in exchange, okay? <laughs> Patricia, which, which, which one have I been building on? Fibber or, or Gildersleeve? You're finished with Fibber, and I'm starting Gildersleeve. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, um... We can just keep going on it, but I do, I do enjoy the Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, a lot. Well, I'm not going anywhere, so and you're not going anywhere, so we can mix them up anytime if you'd like to do that. Mix them up like if I give you, if you, if you win one, two, three, and four of Gildersleeve, and then want to take a break with Ripley's and have that instead, and I could do that. We don't have oh, but you like to go straight through. One through nine. One through five. I make sure what? I have the whole thing of each one. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll help keep track of that. Okay, we've got San Francisco, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, St. Augustine, Florida, Los Angeles, New York. Um, that's another Gatlinburg. So they really are all over the place. Wow, so there's at least six. Well, let me the museums. Let me see if I can find a list. Only because it's you guys. I think it was. Rich, I think Ripley was originally a newspaper columnist, if I remember right. Yeah, a, a kind of a cartoonish panel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wiki should have something, huh? Oh, there's a good chance Wiki has everything, doesn't it? I do believe. Well, look at this: museums in Asia, Europe, North America, Canada, Mexico. 
All right, let me see. In the United States, according to this, we've got California, Florida, Maryland, Missouri, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. And then we have ones in Asia. Uh, I don't even want to open that one. Denmark, United Kingdom, I don't know how many countries are there. Um, Canada, Mexico, Australia. <laughs> Australian Wyoming. <laughs> I just had to say that. So do you, do you think, um, I mean, I'm guessing that he must have traveled all over the place to find well, as much as he could to put in museums as well as just, uh, oh, I guess he has books, right? Well, I think it was a franchise because Ripley died in, I think, the 40s or in the 50s, so somebody must be taking his uh, name and license it as a franchise. It's what I'm thinking. Well, let's see. Robert Ripley. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. An icon, let's see, an icon in the world of cartoon art and founder of the entertainment empire based on truth is stranger than fiction. This, this looks pretty good. New York, New York, Ripley, New York. <laughs> Somebody with a computer is a little slow tonight, but that's okay. I'll pretend it's me and not the computer. I should have been prepared with mine ready. Uh, okay, all right. An icon of the cartoon art world and founder of an entertainment empire based on the premise that truth is stranger than fiction. Robert Ripley was an adventurer and trailblazer. His first illustrations were published on January 2nd, 1913 for the New York Globe. Originally, he assembled a series of small sketches entitled Champs and Chumps, which included such facts as A. Forrester of Toronto ran one 100 yards backwards in 14 seconds. Wow. And SDC, SD meaning first initials, C, S E E was his last name, hopped 100 yards in 11 seconds. Disappointed with this work, he scratched the original title and inserted Believe It or Not across the top. To his amazement, the cartoons were hailed by the public as revolutionary. As a result, Ripley became an overnight sensation. Uh, he dedicated his life to travel, reporting his experiences, and brought back with him unbelievable artifacts and collections. His first collection was on display at the Chicago World's Fair in 1933. Throughout the 30s and 40s, he lectured. Today, Ripley's legacy lives on in the form of a collection of global attractions. Ripley's Believe It or Not is not the fast, it, oh, forgive me, is the fastest growing and largest, most successful chain of amusement museum type attractions in the world. There are 30 Ripley's Believe It or Not auditoriums, ODD, not auditoriums, but auditoriums in operation. It doesn't say how people go about getting a franchise or how they're set up or. Um, but you can buy a lot of tickets, and they'll give you a way to buy tickets. <laughs> when did he? When did he pass away? Made that on the Wikipedia. Oh, page. let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um, 1933. Shortly after, in 1949. It doesn't say a date, but oh my gosh, he was only 55. 
And after all I that stuff, all that he stuff. Come from a wealthy family, so he had money to travel all over the world. I don't, I don't know, but anybody who travels in the jungle without jungle fever medicine, I think is a little off. Um, probably doesn't need money. Everybody gives him money to stay away. Uh, 1949. He died in 1940. Age 55. Oh well, my goodness. Well, his radio show and his um, newspaper probably helped uh, cover the cost for him. Paul would be my guess. Well, he had to do a collection before he could do a radio show. Ripley and he, he people sent him stuff for the cartoon. They probably sent him a lot of artifacts as well. Robert Ripley. Let's see. Robert Ripley. Let's see. And what am I supposed to be looking for, Walden? Oh, whether he was rich? <laughs> I, I, I guess we're just looking for a little more background. He, we, so we know he died in 1949. That's what I was curious. And Paul's wondering sure. about his background. Okay, so we've got a little bit here. <laughs> Don't go away. Homework, homework, homework. We get, we can't do homework tonight. We have to save homework for later. Uh, I'll do this, but then we have to save homework for later because we're going to be moving a little bit faster through phone calls tonight. Let me see. Cartoonist. Right. I beg your pardon? I said, is that right? You got yeah, we did that. I missed, I missed what you said, Paul. I'm sorry. I, I said, is that right? We're going to be moving faster? We, you have something planned up your sleeve? No, just a little bit faster because we've missed a lot of people who haven't been able to get through. So we thought if we move just a little bit faster in the beginning and then call back and we can take uh, have a, a longer conversation later because things slow down in a couple of hours. So that's what we're doing. All right, let me see. Explorer, reporter, adventurer, illustrator, collector, and seeker of the odd and unusual. A man who lived a life that can only be summed up by the statement he himself created, believe it or not. I don't think he created that. Believe it or not, you wouldn't. his life work, discoveries, artistry, we want to know. Let's see. He was born in Santa Rosa, California, avid artist, great athlete, Semi-pro baseball at age 13. Walden, is that possible? He pitched semi-pro baseball at age 13. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely possible. That would make it in, in 1903. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At age 14, he sold his first cartoon to Life magazine for $8. $8 in 1904. Pretty good money. Mama mia. His father didn't make that much in a week. 1913, he moved to New York as Robert. Um, slow sports day, drew up nine unusual sports events in small sketches. So his cartoon work took off. An uncommon man. Doesn't say anything about his family. Let me see. Don't go away. Santa Rosa, that's not, that's not real far from me. I've been there. I've spent uh, a week in there. Wiki, wiki, wiki. And his wife there. Wiki, wiki. He, and when he was 23, oh my goodness, the man was as homely as a picket fence with bad slaps. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. He's homely. Uh huh. 
very homely person. Um, you know, and part of it could be the way they took the picture, but he—he's—he's he's got an unusual face. I don't want to say—I shouldn't have said homely. His, the pieces of his face don't go together well. Is that—that's not nice. I—I I didn't say that right either. Well, yes, I did. The pieces of his face don't go together well. No, his—his—his his nose is very large and very aquiline, you know, almost like a Basil Rathbone nose, but his eyes are quite small, and his eyebrows are very low, and he, he looks a little like Bella Lugosi. Hmm, what do you know? Okay, let me see. Subjects, covered, career, we want early life, early life, personal life, personal life, personal life. Where is he? Um made his first trip. We want to know about his background and his parents. Who did we just hear this is then? Is that like um, Walden's brother or something? I would, I would point you with, uh, I get dubbed, because um, Michael Beale will not be on t tomorrow, um, I am pulling together more stuff. Michael Beale can't get Skype to work from England. And just before the show, I dubbed over an interview John Dunning did with Ray Bradbury. And I was talking to Larry. Larry and John will join me in the show. We're going to feature, um, besides the disc jockey, Eddie Hubbard, we're going to feature the time I just sat down with Spike Jones Jr. here about a week ago. And then I put together John Dunning interviews ranging from uh, him sitting down with Bill Harris and Ray Bradbury and a lot of interesting people that will feature throughout tomorrow night. So I was just rewinding my tape. Rewinding your tape. No, the only thing I can find, the only thing I can find are the are his parents' names. So no, no information about them. But he had parents. I, I guess that's nice to know. Yeah. Yeah. He had parents. So, okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? Sure. What are we doing? Do you have a theme? Um. Yeah, we have a theme. Hold on. I forget what my theme is. <laughs> <laughs> midterm tests for school, grade school and high school. We're, we're into midterms. I don't know what's happening in college, but we're into midterms for the, the grammar school, middle school, and high school time. What is the one subject you dreaded even thinking about? That would be math. Any particular one? Any particular math? Like um, ge geometry or uh, algebra or just division, straight math. Long division. Oh, so grammar school wouldn't were, Oh, you really hated that, huh? And fraction division, yes, I hated it. Um, I should have asked for help more. I was embarrassed to say I didn't understand in class. And my mom, even being a teacher, I think I only remember sitting down maybe once, maybe twice, uh, getting help from her with it. But I did make up for it in later years. Uh, you know, took, took uh, algebra, <laughs> took basic twice to, to get a better grasp on it, moved it from like a B to uh, either an A or a B. went uh, into uh, the intermediate algebra, got bronchitis, 
was off for a week, maybe two, when I came back, they were in the quadratic equation, and I wasn't up to speed. So I had to pull out of class while I still had time to not have it affect my grade. Mm-hmm. That's one of the subjects you can't catch up on because they're building all the time. You can never catch exactly. up. Just can't catch up. What was the best subject? What what subject did you think you were going to ace? I took um, an industrial math class, though, that I enjoyed the most because it, it gave you practical uses of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I made up for it as an adult, but still long division, uh, you know, was a problem for me. I, I, I could, as an adult, I could do it while I was studying it, but then time goes by and I don't use it, you know, and then calculators start using those regularly. Yeah. I forget how to do it. Yeah, it, it is. If I had to sit down and do it, by hand and head today, I'd have to stop and think for a second. I would. Right. I, and, and it was stuff that we just did naturally in school. What was the subject you thought you were going to ace or you had a pretty good chance of doing that? Uh, well, that would be in high school and that is shop class, a metal shop where I was a teacher at eight for two years. I believe that I got A's in that, I knew. So that, that was a no sweat. When that uh, testing was coming up on any level, you were okay with that? Well, we didn't really have testing, so to speak, in that. Um, well, no wonder you aced it. You didn't have one. Well, you and Walden I still would have. I mean, that was what I was into ever since I was a little kid, working with my hands. So, yeah. in fact, I moved from a um, private school in Hayward I went to for my freshman year, I moved to the public school in my hometown um, based on the, the argument that I would have to wait till I was a senior before I could take any kind of shop class in the freshman year of school, and I could take shop classes right now in uh, the public school in my mm -hmm. hometown. So they let me move, and, and I did. And, uh, but, but here's the, you know how Johnny can't read? Um, so when I first went there, I had to meet with a counselor to see about what classes I need to take and all, so she could hear where, where was I, what have I taken. And because I took algebra in my freshman year, she said, oh, you don't need to take any more math. That, that's enough right there. And being a dumb teenager and not caring for math, I was like, oh, goody. And so... And my parents, you know, probably just struggling to keep their head above water because my sister had just been uh, killed in a bicycle accident during that freshman year. Uh, they weren't paying attention and thinking, you know, Paul needs to take more math. So I just listened to that counselor. I didn't uh, apply for any, sign up for any math classes. And for the next three years, I didn't, didn't have any. Works for me. If it's not your best subject, boy, that works for me. Okay, I have a trivia question for you. Drum roll, please. There we go. Very good. Thank you. Was that you, Walden? Yeah, that's me. You're good on sound effects. You are so good. You have your, you have your sound effect doohickey tonight so that everybody can... 
I have to go look. I don't know where it's your, at. Your mother put it in uh-huh. the place. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's in one of my boxes. That would be great. <laughs> okay, Paul. This is the phrase introducing one of our old-time radio shows. This is a quote. There is just one way to deal with the killers and spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal. What show was that? Yeah. What show is that? You got it. He he, he said it, okay, and I stepped on him. Yes. Deal with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. You got it. All right. So I have to keep adding to your collection of Gildersleeve. Is that correct? Yes. Please. All right. Let me make sure I got the right thing here. Oh, gosh, we got sirens out there. Saturday night and sirens aren't a good thing. I'm going to say one more thing about the math. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, used, I used trigonometry regularly in my profession as a machinist doing right triangles and such. Mm-hmm. You know, and math as a machinist you are constantly using. So in that regard, you know, I, I get my hand in it that way, but it's fairly specific. Okay, so All right. What what is the theme? Did you already tell me I forgot? Or that's what we've been talking about. Your favorite subject. It's the it's oh. um, spring break uh, or spring midterm. Midterms. And what was the subject that made you break out in a cold sweat? And then that's my short term <laughs> memory. That was that was it. So okay, well maybe we can talk to you later. Okay, you guys. Take care, Paul. You bet. I'll be listening. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071 is our number. The the door is open. The cookie's in the oven. The milk (laughs) is chilling in the... I hope it's your oven because mine's not turned (laughs) on. The the milk is chilling in the refrigerator. Uh Uh-huh. Hot bread with butter in in the oven below. Oh, I have ginger snaps and cold milk. Does Ooh, that work? Yes. That works. Yes. Okay. And I have a real quick question for you. And and I really have to do this. All so right. you can answer the phone, but I have to ask your question while somebody's on the phone okay. with us, okay? okay? Hello there. You're on the air. Hi, John. We Hi, John you. in Maryland. I have a question for Walden, and I want you to stay on the line. Don't hang up. And maybe you can help him if he gets stuck. Uh-oh. This sounds like a trap. No, it isn't. It's a real good one, and I just came across it as we were talking. Okay. Who was the Heisman Trophy winner who had the nickname of an old-time radio cowboy? Hop, that was Hopwon Cassidy, who was the running back in 1954 for the, for the Buckeyes. Hopwon. That was it. Yep. Yep. He was the, uh, yep. In I'm going to go eat my cookies. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Do well, you remember what his real first name was? Is I don't I guess know. Is. I don't know. Do you, you know John? No, I don't. Hop along is all I remember. Oh, I. Uh, oh, good. Oh, good. So the question is, what was Hopalong Cassidy's first name? The, the the one the no no. There you <laughs> I go. I didn't ask my question. That was that was bad. I didn't ask my question correctly. The 1955 Heisman Trophy winner, Hopalong Cassidy, had a first name. What was it? One foot. 
Now, see, then then you would have said, I don't know, and I would have said, hooray, I stuck you. But that's not what I wanted to know. Hop along, Cassidy. Isn't that great? Well, so I, have a, I, have a triv- I have a Heisman Trophy one question for you, Patricia. Oh, that's wonderful. I'll tell you his name was Howard first. Okay. Are you with me, Joan? Because I need help here. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Here, here, here. What? Um, there's a son. His son is a famous TV actor today. And this gentleman was the Heisman Trophy winner for the University of Michigan. He had a career in radio and TV. And he was shot down twice in World War Two. His son is Mark Harmon. That's right. And Daddy was, um, or is. Yeah, Daddy was. He died? Yeah, oh, dear. Yeah, gone. Now. Okay, Daddy was. You remember John? Yeah. All right, go ahead, John. Uh, um, help me, help me. Wait, wait, <laughs> Mark, wait, wait, Mark Harmon's dad? You know, he Mark Harmon, the actor, yeah. Uh, daughter married uh, uh, Ricky Nelson. That's right. And, uh, That's right. But who's the name of Mark Harmon's dad, who was a radio personality and TV personality here in L.A., who was a World War II shot down twice in World War II, and actually he was a person of war for a while, I believe. I want to say Bill Harmon, but... I... You're, you're close to the right common name. Yeah, well, he, he, mar- he, ma- he married a movie actress. Yeah, I know he did mom. that, and I can't even remember that poor lady's name. And and her dad was in Franklin Delano Roosevelt cabinet, Knox. What's, tell me his name Jim, before I Jim, teach. Jim. Jim Harmon. Jim. Jim Harmon. Yeah. Okay. That's my... All right, well, do I get half credit because I knew it yes. was Mark Harmon's yes. daddy? Yes, that's right. You get half credit. Phew. Okay. Okay. John, don't go away. He's going to ask me another one. I know it. <laughs> I know it in my heart. The Harmon connection. That's right. How am I going to give him a call this week? So hopefully we'll be able to pull something off. Who Who are you going to call? Mark. Ah! <gasps> I, I, Jethro I, Gibbs? Yeah, well, Leroy Jethro Gibbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I got his, you know, I, was, uh, I got his agent number, so I'm going to give him a ring. Uh, and in fact, already I can announce right now we're going to have Judy Garland's daughter in the month of July. I got an email oh, yesterday. How great! Yeah, we're going to we're going to have Lorna on, and uh, Jimmy Rogers with, uh, and I are playing phone tags right now. The the famous singer of the Stiffy, Honeycomb and all those. Honeycomb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has a, a yeah. new book out. Great. So, so John, how are you doing tonight? I couldn't get through last week. I had a, I thought I had another one of them stump Walden, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, no. Walden? Uh, that's good. I guess. You're off the hook. I remember what it was. Uh, yes. This is your hit parade. Okay. It, it, uh, always had a little uh, specialized male singer. Right. Like Frank Sinatra, et cetera. Right. Right. Always had a female singer. She never sang the number one song. Right. It was always reserved for a male for some reason. Yep. Yep. She was 
What a whole lot of them. You uh, you talking about the radio or the TV days? Well, uh, up well in the 30s it was B Wayne. She was on twice. Yeah, and, and uh, B could be nine. B could be 96 in two weeks. Uh, most, the, during the war, Joan Edwards had it. Yeah, and her dad, her dad was in music. Joan Edwards. And then uh, in the late 40s, my friend Burl Davis took over when it moved out here. And Doris Day had it for nine weeks. Yeah. And then in the 50s, you okay? You all right, John? Do you remember who with the uh, the TV group in your hit parade? Who with, who was on TV? Who, right. There are two female singers and one more male singer. That's right, Giselle McKenzie. Another female singer. She used to sing the commercial on the Jack Benny radio show. That's right. Yep. Yep. And then the other one is still living. He's in his 90s and he lives in Missouri. Had him on all about 10 years ago. Russell Arms is the other male Russell singer. Arms, yeah, Arms. So now we're down to one more female singer. Now I'll, I'll have Patricia help you. That's right. First initial D as in David. Dorothy, Dorothy That's it. Good yeah. job, John. And you thought I would do that? Well, I wanted. Well, then you have. Faith. I do. Well, I thought you could help him. You have faith, I you my have, boy. You have faith. You have Google. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do. To, I, I don't have time to use it. <laughs> That's me. funny. Well, I I told what I just told Walton. He had faith, and he said I have Google. Yeah. All right, You're now funny. John, remember what the name of the uh, the. You know, when your hip parade at the end of the show on Saturday night, what was the coaching theme song? So long for a while. That's right. Good job. Good job. You are. This might sound probably this. Okay. Um, the theme power The theme song. Yeah. Um, a theme. A cowboy that played in all the theme westerns. He ended up playing, uh, playing the bartender when uh, the gun smoke on television. Okay. Oh, Sam the bartender, yeah. He wrote the Allison theme song. For, for, for which, radio or television? For Have Good World Travel? Television. For television. Well, I, think, I think they supposed to use the same... Well, I, I, no, they didn't, and it was Johnny Western who wrote it for TV. Well, it, his name, he played the horror characters, too, in the movie. His name was Glenn Strange. Glenn Strange. I would not have gotten that one. Uh, well, I, he didn't. Johnny Western was the one who wrote it for television. Could he have been the one to write it for radio, perhaps? No, I think, I think the one he wrote for TV was the one with words. I think it started out with, because the radio version was always instrumental. Right. 
And uh, you can Google up Glenn Strange. He also played Frankenstein a couple times in the movie. Huh. Yeah. Well, you recall we had um, Johnny Western on as a guest, you Walden. Bet. You bet. And we talked about that. You bet. And remember, mm -hmm. he, he, remember he wrote, I guess he was on the show, and then he wrote the song after he was first on the show. And then they adopted it, I think, the way he told the story. Maybe I'm wrong. He did. He he wrote it um, for, and it was into the series. Mm -hmm. You're right. Mm -hmm. And he wrote it for uh, Richard Boone and left it for Richard Boone. Glenn Strange, let's see. Um, Well, I I have um I think I do. Do I have the interview with Johnny Weston? You should have. Well, yeah, I should. I'm I'm not sure that I do. John, we had Johnny Western on as a guest one night. He's the person who sang Have Gun Will Travel for television. And then we discovered that he also wrote it and composed it. So he's the one who did that. And I'm looking up Glenn Strange, and we'll see what he wound up with. John, John, what were you doing 62 years ago yesterday? What was that? 62 years ago yesterday. 62 years. April 19th, 1951. April 19th, 1951. Uh-huh. I, I, my mom remembered what she was doing. She bought home a bunch. She was like, <laughs> she had the first TV station in her hometown, and this big national event was on, was, being televised, so she brought her classmates home to watch it. And so I was trying to think, do you remember what you might, what happened 62 years ago yesterday? The Queen was coronated. No, that was in 53, I think. In 1953, Queen Elizabeth. Yep, but this is 51. Eisenhower. Uh, you're in the right... Carrie Truman. You're, you're, you're the famous, it's a famous Harry Truman event. Everything Harry did in the fence. <laughs> <laughs> it was right, That's right. It was it was General MacArthur's old <gasps> soldiers never die. Oh my goodness, he and, got canned. Right. And so this was the uh yesterday was the day he gave the speech to Congress and he gave the old soldier never die speech. It was such a big thing. My mom, because she had the only T V set in town, took her entire class home to watch it. Yeah, I bet you did. Fifty-one. Old soldiers never died. Stayed away. Yep. Wow! 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 I can't find Glenn Strange in anywhere. <laughs> well, I can find him, yeah, but I can't find him associated even on an episode of Have Gun Will Travel. Then it might be in here. Hold on. Hold on. I will find it. But he's um. On Gunsmoke, yeah. Let's see if we can find Glenn. But, um, no, not there. I'm going to have to look up IMDB in the meantime. You have to come up with a question for Walden to um, stump him while I look up this information. I was, okay. Uh, uh, from nowhere. Uh oh. <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> there was a man 
that show. Yeah. What did he play on the radio? What what other part did he play on the radio? The actor. Can you give me the name of the actor or is that part of my guess? Yeah, James Kelly is the name of the actor. But he played the role that he was famous for. Oh. Other than Nora from Nowhere. I haven't looked, I haven't heard one episode of Nora from Nowhere yet. Oh uh, man, let's see. My brain. And that was your own show. <laughs> oh man, I was looking for something for Walden, and I read about Mr. Keen and Mike Clancy's. The, um, according. Saints Saint preserve us. And I read one piece by John Dunning, who said in one of the museums, one of the radio museums, they have. Uh, not a statue, but probably a bust. Some, maybe just a, you know, somebody dressed. You, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. a, like a statue or a mannequin is the word I'm trying to find. And he's <laughs> scratching his head with his dopey look and his mouth open. <laughs> and that, of course, summarizes. Um, <laughs> no, um, Glenn was always, uh, not always, but he was in uh, cowboy stuff. He was born 1899, grew up a real-life cowboy, and he was six foot five. Wow. Now, now, that is really a challenge. James Arness was, I've seen it in two different ways, six foot five or six foot six. So to have two big men like that on a single show, my gosh, they must have built... Um, milk cartons for the others to stand on. Well, the, his, his part wasn't uh, the height would be disguised because he was a bartender. He was always standing behind the bar. And he was leaning over, too. Yeah, You're right. That was disguised. He played Frankenstein in a couple of the, of the old Universal movies when they were running out of people to play Frankenstein. Wow. Look at this. Uh, let's see, there's a, the Lone Ranger Rides Again, ride, rides, uh, Riders of Death Valley, and the universal horror picture genre of the 1940s. Horror star Boris Karloff had grown weary and fearful of his Frankenstein creature typecast. Now, I don't know. Well, anyway, that's what it says. And abandoned the role, and Glenn was the perfect replacement for the job and made his monstrous debut with House of Frankenstein in... 1944, quickly followed by House of Dracula. It was he who played the creature in the cult horror comedy classic with Bud Abbott and Lou Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, really? And, and yeah, as part of the monstrous trio of Bella Lugosi's Dracula and Lon Chaney's Wolfman. Well, I'll be darned, he was the monster. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you oh my gosh, he was six foot five. What a what a perfect size for it. I wonder how much they had to build up his shoes. Should I give John should I give John a homework assignment? Yeah, how big is Frankenstein's shoe? That's a good question. Yeah. Okay, John, you have to find out how big Frankenstein's shoes were. Okay, I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so good. You, you are so easygoing. I love talking to you. All right, now, we have a theme for tonight, sir. 
and I can tell you right away it would be algebra. Algebra. Oh, uh, okay. What happened? Did you pass it? Yes, but barely. That's all you needed. Yeah, I barely passed it. What was passing grade? What was passing grade at the time? Didn't have any trouble remembering what you hated, though. <laughs> I mean, really, it's easy to remember stuff that you hated. Some places had 65 and others went with 70. So 70, and I know some of them went 75. That was kind of high. Uh, by comparison to other schools, 70, 70 was pretty standard. I think below 70 was failing. Yeah. Below 70 was failing. So if you grabbed onto the shoe of the teacher and begged, you got out with a 70 maybe. Yeah? I can remember my algebra teacher. She wore so much, so much uh, makeup. <laughs> now, I'm really surprised. I, that, that really surprises me. I, I just don't envision teachers from other generations wearing that much makeup. Yeah, she did. She, she was. Di was she different from other teachers? Did she really stand out with the makeup? Powder puff. Wow. All right, this is a serious question now. I'm not trying to be fresh or anything. Was there a facial feature that she was trying to disguise? Like maybe a scar? That could have been. I don't know. But you really couldn't tell. Yeah, well, I guess if she wore that much makeup, you didn't even know if she had skin under it. You have to know her personally, which I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, how are you feeling tonight? How am I feeling? Yeah, did you have a good week? Well, well, I had a flat tire. I had to call AAA. Oh. Yeah. Nobody should have a flat tire. It wasn't far from home. My wife is driving because I can't drive too well anymore. She was driving, and then I hear just pump, 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 pump. I said, pull over uh. to the curb. Uh. I called AAA. But while we were sitting there waiting, a, a, a passerby stopped a young man, and he, he offered to change the tire for us. Wow. And I told him that I appreciated it, but AAA was on the way. Well, gosh, it's really nice to hear that somebody stopped and offered help. John, did you ever run out of gas? Uh, one time. Uh-huh. Years ago when, uh, oh, my God, how many years ago? Back, you know, then I had to return it and get my deposit back. 
So you had to walk in both directions. Yeah. They didn't offer to give you a ride back to your car? No, no. I walked back with it. How far away was it? it? Oh, it, I guess it was about, well, it seemed a long way, but it, when I checked, you know, checked on it later on, it was about maybe four miles. <laughs> I, I just stopped feeling sorry for you. Anyway, from that, day on, from that day on, my car never goes below half. Yeah. You're a, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. Yeah, I, I was about to ask you, Walden. Never mind. Well, da my dad just went out there twice. But, <gasps> you, when you, but when you're in the boomies, like when he, you know, my dad worked in the Wildcats in the oil, oil field. So last night we played an interesting radio show with John Hodiak, who was a uh, a wildcatter and had a blowout and my dad was involved in something like that you know where everything went wrong and, but uh, dad said when you're in Wyoming and everything you are you you're basically expected to always carry another a, a canteen of gas because you never know if you're ever going to run into sure. a gasoline station anywhere out there so sure but no wow. but because of my dad because of my dad uh Remembrance, we little boys have never gone through that, so uh, I haven't had to push a car into a gasoline station yet. We couldn't trust you not to push it into traffic. <laughs> True. I don't know, Walden. I'm going to have to think about my personal safety. When I come out to visit you, I have to come out with baby bumpers well, or something. Well, you know, but you're going to be, if we run out of gas, you're going to be behind the wheel. I'll be the one push, pushing. Okay. Now, wait a minute. Patricia. That sounds like a deal to me. Have, okay. Patricia, have you ever run out of gas? One time. Where? One time. And and, and there's a story. <laughs> <laughs> Just one time. Uh-huh. One time. And and I said, please, I'm, I'm running a little bit late, and I know we're low, so on the way home, would you please stop and get gas and... I'll be able to get to work on time. Uh -huh. And I wound up with a car that came with the comment, uh -huh. you have plenty, don't worry about it. <laughs> I was late for work. Uh-huh. I was that late. Ain't, that ain't the way I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the truth. It was the truth. Honest, I crossed my little heart. Honest to goodness. So if you want something done, you gotta do it yourself. That's a great top. That's a great topic. One night, what excuse have you ever given to being late for school or late for work? And that's a good one. Running out of gas. That's a good one, Patricia. I've always told the truth. I know. I'm not sure any. You know, when you tell the truth, you wonder if people believe you. It's like how many people really did have a dog who ate their homework. Uh huh. Or how many people had a black eye that was hit by a door, right? Yeah, yeah, I really did walk into a door mm -hmm. or a door jam or, you know, something that you did to yourself. Mm -hmm. Sure you did. Mm -hmm. Where's your husband? What does he look like? Mm -hmm. Sure you did. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, John, I have a question for you. All right. I have, this one's really hard. So right. I've... I promise you I will go to another one if you say, you want to answer for what? I have four 
products listed. I want you to identify three of them. I'll read them through and then we'll take them one at a time. Okay. Cresta Blanca, yeah. Cam Camtana, yeah. Fitch, yeah. Alga. Alga, O-L-G-A, Alga, just like the, the girl's name. I've never heard of that one. Okay. So the first one is Cresta Blanca. That's Cresta Blanca Champagne, C-R-E-S-T-A-B-L-A-N-C-A. Boop, boop, boop. That's, That's boop, 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 boop. it, Cresta Blanca. That's and it. And the guy who wrote that was a cousin of Mel, uh, Mel Blanc. Who really? Did, who did the, uh, the, that little jingle, yeah, little jingle, you know, that little orchestra you heard. Bum, 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 bum. That was that was good. Okay. Campana. C A M P A N A. Yeah, Campana Bomb that was one of the sponsors of the Little Theater all time. That's right. We played that show last night. The first night of the program. You got it, John. That's two down. No, that's what it sponsored. What was the product? Oh. Oh. <laughs> you guys are in cahoots. <laughs> Face cream. There, oh my gosh, you got it! Oh, but, I never thought anybody would get that. Okay, but did you pitch. know? Did you know during the Second World War, they had to drop. Get it. They had to drop Italian on that. Right. That's right. They thought it was referring to the one, you know, the Italian dropping bombs or something. So they had to drop the word Italian. Right. I didn't know it was ever in there. Mm-hmm. Italian bomb. Italian bomb. Yep. No, I mean in Campana. But that's what it used to be called, right? John, uh, Campana Italian Bond. Right, that's what they call it. Oh, my goodness. I did not. Boy, you guys are such an education. Okay, what's Fitch? Fitch shampoo. Fitch bandwagon with Phil Harris Al's face. That's right. Oh, man, he's hot tonight. Now, this one's hard. What is no, what is Alga? Lastly, you're going to get me on it. I don't know. She just made that up, John. I don't. I've never heard of it either. She. She. Just, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. I didn't make it up. I should have looked up what they sponsored, though. Alga was coal. C O A L, fuel coal type in the coal furnace. Alga coal, and they sponsored somebody. So let me see who they sponsored. Well, the Which I should have. Well, let's see. What famous coal? I'm thinking of. Blue coal. Blue coal. Right. The, the blue flame coal, yes. Are they in the coal? I don't know, Ben. Uh, Alga coal. Let me see. Alga coal company also does that girl's name. Yeah. The Alga coal company. I guess if you're going to go on a hot date, you had coal. West you had Virginia. Alga, Alga right. coal. Let me, let me try radio. Alga I coal radio. I don't know either, John. Um, well, I recognized it when I... Okay, Amazon. Free. Old-time radio. Sponsor of this classic old-time radio for an old-time radio program. No, that doesn't help. Hold on. Do, 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 do. The Hermit's Cave. It sponsored the Hermit's Cave, this says. Well, it must have been in the Michigan version because, you know, the Hermit Cave out in L.A., I don't think they had coal. In L.A.? Well, I don't think that would been the major sponsor. Oh, good call. Yeah. I never, I never heard of it at all. 
Well, now you can you can live the rest of your life knowing that you heard of Alga Cole, and I helped. Let me see here, Alga Cole, Alga, Alga. Alga, Alga. That was a trick question. I know. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Episode information for Alga All Time Radio Show. When it looks like Alga may have might have been like the Alga. Cole radio station or radio program. Hold on. Don't go away. Homework. This is going to be a very heavy homework night, I can tell. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Alga Cole. I know. I know. This is what she spends all day. Say, what do I don't know? I can look up and ask Walden. <laughs> Walden, if I, if I looked at you and said, Walden, what don't you know? Could you tell me? Yeah. Geography is I'm I'm terrible at. It. What are you terrible at? Geography. Oh well, you're going to get a lot of help from me, aren't you? I know. We're good together. Yeah, we'll we'll have you somewhere up in Alaska. I wonder if anybody can ever name all 170 countries now. I can't because they've changed them after the war. They changed so many countries. I, I couldn't remember them. I agree. Map, map makers are having a wonderful time. Every time somebody sneezes, we've got a new border somewhere. Okay, it's WJR and Alga Cole bring a Hermit's Cave to that's, radio. That's Detroit. Yeah, that's, the, that's Detroit, the local radio okay. station. Okay, oh, Alga Cole sponsored the Hermit's Cave. And I'm vindicated. I'm vindicated. Yeah, but see, you gave us a question you didn't know the answer to. Well, of course I knew the answer to. I only wanted to know what the product was. You guys were trying to tell me what the radio show was. I don't want to know what it sponsored. I want to know what it was. All right, Patricia. What? Now, the I don't know. I don't know, Walden. (laughs) I was just going to ask this question. I don't know. I know you don't know. I don't know it. When, when, what were you going to ask me? When Hermit Cave was on KMPC in L.A. with John Daner at the Hermit, mm-hmm. did I ever have a sponsor? I don't know. I don't know if we looked but it up. But you have to know. I don't know. Well, let me see if John... I don't think it was. If John Dunning knew. Well, John, I'm finishing up your envelope this week, and I would like to know what I should put in it before it goes out to you. What else? You're a hit parade. Bill Stern, and I, I have a reason for it. Oh, okay. I didn't send you Bill Stern? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, what is your reason? I'll be happy to do it. Uh, what is your reason? Uh, because one of the boys that, that I was growing up with was on that show. Oh. And it was a long story. He was, I guess this has been this back in the early 40s. Uh, we, we didn't live in a, a large area. We lived in a small town. Uh-huh. They never had they never had overpasses and anything like that for trains. It was strictly on the ground. If the train comes, you had the car, you stop. Well, it slowed up for this one station or crossing, and he decided to hitch a ride, and he missed the, uh, the ladder that's on the side of the train. <gasps> oh my God! And he fell on the track. It cut off one leg and cut off one hand at the wrist. Oh, oh my God. And he dragged himself all the way home, crawling on the ground. Got home, and of course, they took him to the 
on at the end of that. But he did die, but uh, he went on to earn his letters in high school in baseball and lacrosse. Lacrosse is a big sporter, man. Yeah, yeah, it's big. He, and he, he was a varsity, played varsity baseball, and he played varsity lacrosse. Wow. One, oh, my Lord. Day, and Bill Stern had him on the show. Wow. He was given all his things that he accomplished, and then he said he did all this with one leg and one arm, or, you know, one hand. Yeah. And it was on there, and I had forgotten all about that show, and I was listening to somebody when Yesterday USA was playing that same, same Bill Stern show. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I would ask for that, maybe... Uh, that one show might be included in, in the collection, yeah. Yeah, well, I do have Bill Stern. I'll send you what I have, and I hope he's in there. Hmm. Bill I, have Stern. A fair, I have a fair number of shows. Bill Stern was oh. an issue. I had a producer on a couple of years, about a year ago, and uh, Bill Stern was an interesting character. You know, he... Creative. Uh, he became an amputee. Well, he, he blew out a... Yeah, but he became, you know, Bill Stern got hurt and became an entity, and he lived in pain pretty much for the rest of his life. It was just uh, it's amazing how he was able to do everything that he was able to do, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, When when they gave the description of what he did and what he accomplished, that's that's absolutely the truth. Yeah. He He didn't blow it out of, you know. I'm, I'm really glad. You know, one, every once in a while, Bill Stern would get kind of carried away and make up a few things along the way. So I hope people who listened to that show really understood that this was what your friend actually went through and accomplished. My God. Oh, my God. I, just, I got shivers when you told me what had happened. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It, it's astounding that he survived. You know what? Cut off his right hand, but he was oh. right-handed, and he had a completely different pound to do everything left-handed. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Have you ever tried to look up your friend's name? Maybe you should look him up on a, on the internet. Maybe there's some articles about him over the years, John. I, I'm just thinking out loud. His name was Mason Cup. Mason Cup. Mason Cup. Mason P T. Let's see. Bobby Mason. Uh, Bobby Mason? Yeah. Bobby Mason Cup. C U P? As in Paul? C U P P probably. Robert Mason Cup. Bobby Mason Cup. He might have put Robert, I don't know. Alright, let's see. Robert Cup. <laughs> Fundamentalists, um, Robert Cup, Ohio Republican Party, probably not. Um, mind control, bionic leg, no. No, I don't see him. Hold on. And Bob Cup, and in. Today's milieu, Bob Cup is a really high-end golf course designer who not only has fabulous design work, but he's just a just a delightful person. 
Robert Cop. No, it's not coming up. Robert Mason. I remember I listened to one yesterday USA brought back memory, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, hopefully the show's there in the collection. But I was hoping maybe there'd be an article about him on the unit. Yeah, yeah, there might be, but I'm I'm not coming up with it. So, right. okay, John, I will put together my collection of Bill Stern sports reels, and your job is to let us know if your friend is on there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling. You have yourself a wonderful week. Okay. Thank you very much. Take care, John. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. We're off and running, everybody. Seven one four. Golly, he knew what camp five, meant. Five four five two zero oh, seven one. And then I found out they were bombs. Boy, oh boy, I get so smart with you guys. Well, except you know. I didn't remember Kelly. <laughs> well, we have to show show what we don't know once in a while. Hello there, you're <laughs> on the air. I don't believe it. Do you believe it? You're no, like no, I don't believe it. You believe it? Um, could whoever could you turn down your radio? I just did. There you go. Okay. Is this Ken? Like crazy. Hey, Ivan. Yes. Hi. Oh, it's Ivan. Ivan, you sounded like Ken Goff for a second. (laughs) You know, I've been waiting so long. I've aged. uh, (laughs) Oh, now really, Ivan, how are you? This has been giving me lessons on how to watch that seven-second delay and get in, and I did it. No, she didn't. A machine, you guys, you know. You tell the truth now. Me tell the truth? I'm yeah, I guess I, I guess I, I guess I did tell you about the delay, didn't I? No, for, I didn't, for, but I, you know, I, I, I've called radio shows before. Yeah, he, he yeah, it's he, um, he, he we actually we don't. Oh, but I've called radio stations where there's a hundred people calling all at once, and I, for some reason, I have been uh, getting you guys got some really smart callers on this show. Well, they just keep hitting. Fast dial. We're on speed dial here, and they just keep hitting it until they get through. So now you're going to have to pay attention to our other family members and take lessons from them. But you're right. Believe me, I pay attention plenty. Good. Yeah. Had a real nice email tonight from Kurt. Oh. Oh, good. And Kurt, it seems, goes back to listening to me 40 years ago when I was on the Skip Wester show with Jackson Brown and people like that before they hit, uh, you know, hit the big time. So I was really, really impressed. Well, my gosh. You know, we have coming home old-time weeks here. Bob in Wisconsin got batched up with Dennis, who is Ron from Hawaii's friend, and the two of them had communicated decades ago with each other, and they yeah. wound up saying, ooh, I know who that is. And by also, he wrote that, he said, would you believe it? He, he, he said, I'm 60 years old, and I never heard... Green Eggs and Ham all the way until today. We played uh, Marvin Miller, who you remember from The Whistler. That's right. Uh-huh. And uh, he did a version of, uh, he did, in fact, a whole album of Dr. Seuss uh, books. And uh, we, we played Green Eggs and Ham. That's one of the interviews I'm going to play tomorrow night when John Denny sat down with Marvin Miller. So, so people, really? yeah, right. that people get to hear Marvin's story. Oh, wow. Sure we're, talking, we're talking with Treasure Ivan, who is in... California, and uh, by hmm? what? Tiny, tiny little town of Halcyon, California, uh, 15 miles south of San Luis Obispo, which Oprah said was the happiest city in the United States, and 
knows, maybe. <laughs> uh, but this is a very, very tiny little town, and we just are having a good time here. Making now, the there's, it, show. this has got to come with a P.S., because when he's talking about a tiny little town and everybody says, oh, isn't that nice, they came from New York City and went to this tiny little town, and you made the transition just, I mean, it was like part of we life. We waited to get the place. This is like a, it's not a communal, commune, it's a community, but it's sort of all a, it's not that easily explained, but it's, uh, we waited patiently to get this house and to get this place. And How far are you, gonna, how far are you from San Francisco? Um, you know, it's really halfway between San Francisco and L.A. Ah, uh, okay. So it's 232 yeah. miles from San Francisco. Okay. And uh, so what, about 200 miles from Los Angeles. Okay, I thought it was a little closer. To Walden, because yeah. uh, it looks like 95% <laughs> chance uh, we're going to be at the Spurback meeting in uh, on May 11th. My goodness, you know, cause Bill and Kim are going to be out here the day before. All right. So, gosh, okay, no, but they're not going to be at the Spurback meeting. Well, I'll be there because I'm hosting the meeting. I know. I'm really, really looking. Well, that'd be to great. Eva's looking forward to meeting you. Well, then let's, let's make sure uh, you get together with us for uh, for lunch afterwards, because that's when we take the radio people out for lunch. Well, we're going to do the best we can as far as time goes. I'm hoping we're going to get to not have to leave right away. It's gonna okay. Be, we'll just have to find out, but we're we're we're, we're pretty sure we're going to make it, and we really hope so. Because uh, if not, you come down for the Spurvac convention. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, what is that going to be? November 15th, 16th, and 17th. That could happen. You know, put that on the schedule. But we just, the idea of seeing Gloria McMillan, you know, Eva said, oh boy, you know, Gloria <laughs> Well, she's a, she's a wonderful human being, so you'll get, and, and you with Tommy Cook and Conrad Bingham, you'll, you'll have a good time with the three of them. That sounds like a great time. I yeah. have to do a back me. As I've been going to Friends of Old Time Radio, conventions, you know, for a long time, but haven't been to the Spurbat meeting in many years, so it's going to be a real treat. Remember the last one you went to? Uh, I really don't. Uh -huh. oh, well, Les Tremaine? Oh, yeah. That that long ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah Les was... Really quite, quite some time ago. Yep. Did it so, twice. You bet. You bet. That'd be fun. Okay. So I'll tell you what's going on with Treasure Ivan, because we we're doing something that I, I'm... Our first really spectacular move. First of all, we're on F we're simulcast now. For the last oh. weeks, we're on AM and FM out here at the same time, which is wow. Like yeah, it's great. I mean, it's really a terrific thing to have because it was a kind of situation where their AM station wasn't that strong, and you sort of had to uh, assume a yoga position and stand on your head <laughs> and hold the radio out the window uh, to get decent reception. But now we're on 93.7, and then we're getting good reception, and people, of course, can stream it. But here's what we're going to do. This is like sort of a children's program. We certainly play children's records, but we're trying to connect everybody with you know what we're doing. Um, what we're doing now, this big project is, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but when I was a boy, uh, let's say 60-some-odd years ago, uh, there was a Hearts Mountain Radio Hour. Yeah, the Hearts mm -hmm. Mountain, Mountain Canary. We do have one episode of that floating around. Do you really? Yes. Yeah. Boy, that's the one I would certainly like to hear. Well... They, I have it somewhere. I'll send it. Yeah, Patricia has it. Uh-huh. An organ and maybe four or five canaries that would sing. That's it. We had a canary in our home who would just go completely berserk singing along uh, with the Hearts Mountain show. And I kept it in my <laughs> mind all these years. Boy, would I like to do something like that? Well, two weeks ago, we forked out some money and we went to a pet store. We got 
a really slick looking canary who, uh, and I've been kind of, you know, Pavlov's dog. This has sort of been Ivan's canary. I've got all kinds of music with him. And he's an extraordinary singer. So what we're going to do is put him on the radio and encourage people to have canary, if, who have canaries, which is kind of an out-of-fashion bird at this point, but, you know, to sing along. And then I got to brainstorm the other day. I said, wait a minute, I got a great idea for kids. And I got on eBay, and for about $15, including shipping, you remember those little plastic canaries that you would fill with water? And In fact, I got one right here. Oops. Listen to this. Hear that? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. No? Neither of you? No. Know? No. No. Well, if you, I guarantee you at least one or two or three of your listeners tonight will remember these things. I'm going to do it one more time. You can hear it. Sounds That's pretty, pretty good. good. So, I have 75 of these things they sent to me for about 15 bucks. <laughs> And so the idea is, if you don't have a canary, and it's like they cost about a hundred bucks, but if you don't have a canary, we will send you as a premium one of these plastic canaries. You can put water and drive your parents completely off. That's our plot. Because I have been now I've covered Pepito. That's his name. I've covered him up with. Is uh, that now when the sun goes down, you cover him, and then when the sun comes up, you take off the cover, and he starts singing. But he is, he's madly in love with a plastic canary. He doesn't know that, but I've fallen in love with it. So what's your now, favorite? tell me, tell me how these things work, please, with the water. Huh? How does it work? Um, okay, I can tell you. There's, there's a little hole in the beak, and there's one uh, where you blow, just where you blow. I guarantee you, a lot of your listeners are going to know what this is. Because we all, so many of us had them when we were kids. I promise you. You'll see. So you, you blow into this? Watch. Yeah, you put a little water inside it, and then you go <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, so that uh, okay. All right, you <laughs> sound like a canary to me. To me, Patricia, I'm going to send you and Walden. I have your address, and you give me. In fact, I'm going to send. Yeah, I'll send one to you this week. Wow. What color would you like, Patricia? I have pink, blue, green, yellow. A blue canary? Blue, well, you know, a blue plastic canary. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, would, I wish they were all yellow, but... I, I'm a blue person myself. Huh? I'll have, wait, I'll have pink. I, I have a pink case for my computer and a pink mouse. And, yeah, pink. I'm blue. I am blue. I'm, I'm a definitely blue person. All you got to somehow give me your address. You can email me your address, and I will have canary, canaries in the mail this week. I'll give you mine now. Okay. Two five two seven. Hold on, hold on, just a second. Got an old-fashioned. A anybody can send two shivoks to the same address, by the way. Pardon? I was just talking to the listeners. They can send two shivoks to the same address, but. Okay. It's two five two seven. Huh? Two five. Two seven. Two seven. Duke. D U K E. D U K E. Uh huh. Place. Place. Costa Mesa. Ah, Costa Mesa. Yeah, California. Okay. Nine two six two six. Nine two six. Two six. Two six. Okay. I will do, get one in the mail uh, Monday, and uh, maybe I'll bring a few to the experts. <laughs> Make sure you put water in them first. Have one of these little uh, songbird water canaries, or you know, birds when they were kids. Are they good in the bathtub? They will have had them. Are they good in the bathtub? There's no. Ch well, they could. <laughs> 
you want. <laughs> There's no cheaper thrill on, on earth than this. You are gonna, so me, funny. Ivan, who the, put them out? Who manufactured them? Well, these are made in China. You know what I mean. <laughs> if you go on eBay, I forget how, what, it, what they call it. They call them, I think it's called Songbirds, uh, to, Song Toy Birds Whistle. That's it. Song, Songbird Whistle. Songbird Whistle will show you a bunch of them. And they vary Bird in price, toy. but you shouldn't pay very much for them. I'll tell you that. So my big question, Ivan... You're your bird. Your canary. Your live canary. Yeah. What what in his repertoire at the moment? Okay, he likes Elvis very much. Okay. Not like the Beatles as much as I do. Okay. Today I got something in the mail. There was a musical written by Johnny Mercer in uh -huh. 1951. Yeah. Called Top Banana, huh. starring Phil Silvers. Okay. It's incredible. What a musical this is. I can't begin to tell you how good it is, because Johnny Mercer could really turn a lyric. Yeah, you know. he sure could, yeah. He has songs in this thing that are so complicated, and, and I don't think the... They, it ran 350 performances, which is not a whole long run on Broadway, but the songs are great. Anyway, Pepito likes that one a lot. He likes polkas a lot. He likes the Andrews Sisters. <laughs> uh, uh, he likes Linda Ronstadt singing When You Wish Upon a Star. That wow. was his first, uh, first, his first big solo. You know, and some some songs he he doesn't respond to that much. You know, uh, as I say, the Beatles he likes and your bird can sing. Strangely enough, um, that's it. You know, and and I see to it that he listens to the Treasure Ivan show every Saturday and Sunday morning, which has a lot of children's songs. By the way, uh, we do we're doing different programs on Saturday at uh, seven o'clock uh, our time, mm -hmm. Western time, and ten o'clock Eastern time. K Y N S. And you can feel, hear the full 55-minute Treasure Ivan show. And we're we're really playing some great stuff right now. Um, uh, just just uh, you know all, all kinds of really good songs that that it's hard to explain, but adults are going to have a good time. I mean, this fellow Kurt who wrote and said that he enjoyed uh, he enjoyed hearing Marvin Miller do Green Eggs and Ham. Yes, you should. You should hear Green Eggs and Ham. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's an important work, and that's what we're really trying to do is get, connect people with things they may have missed as children. Uh, that, that uh, you know, will help you be better adults. That's, uh, I'm getting quite grandiose about this project because uh, I'm having more fun doing this than anything I've done in my life, and I've had a pretty fun life, you know, singing and playing and all that. But this is uh, radio. <laughs> I've just been waiting to do this. And Bill Bragg, God bless Bill Bragg for yeah. the one to really break this out in the first place, you know, get it started. So I was able to yeah, he kept me, he kept me busy for a bunch of years, you know, thanks to Bill Hydee, I got me something yeah. to do on the weekend, what can I say? Exactly, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And, you know, you guys provide us with, you know, it is very much family, you know, listening yeah. to your program is, uh, is, 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 I get to know everybody. Uh, to, to get this email from Craig tonight, wow, I mean, uh, from, from Kurt, rather, yeah. you know, I was just... I was really very, very touched by it. So, um, you know, and, and we've been getting, I'll tell you, uh, since you're here and I'm here too, I will, uh, la, la, and since I don't call very often and don't talk for very long. So let me throw this one out at you. Yeah. I got a letter from this woman um, who has a four year old boy, and she wrote, she, I mean, she really, I, would, I like to say that she really got it in terms of what the program is about. Um, and she wrote the following. Here we go. She wrote about her four-year-old son. Um, just let me get. 
I sound like Patricia trying to find the right thing <laughs> on the internet, you know? But it's right. Doing your homework, yeah. His name is Bear, and he's a high-energy fellow, always has been. He rarely stops moving or talking. He is as much a boy as I have ever seen, and prior to motherhood, I was a preschool teacher for years. Mm. In any case, as much as he runs, jumps, and digs in the dirt, he appears to think even more. He contemplates, he ponders. I would even say he muses, all while in motion. I envy the richness of his inner life, because man, this kid is deep. Which brings me to your program. He stops moving to listen. It's beautiful, wow. particularly the longer stories, which you often ask for feedback on. Uh, he, uh, he, he keys into those long stories in a way that makes me feel proud. Proud that I have a child who appreciates entertainment of all vintages and formats, and proud that I have the presence of mind to expose him to it. It's just amazing watching him listen so intently. We listen to some shows over and over for hours, together or separately while playing or eating or doing chores. It creates an intellectual and calm mood, and I sing your praises to anyone who will listen. Whew. Wow. What a Oh, Ivan, that is so nice. I will forward that one to you, uh, wow. because it really is. I'm just so happy to... Oh, that's a print really and put on the wall. What we're doing, you, know? you print that one and put it on the wall. Yep. It's, uh, it's really, uh, I'm really, really thrilled about that. Uh, on the other hand, you know, I've had a couple letters that <laughs> didn't get it at all. They, <laughs> you remind me of my weird uncle, things like that. You know, <laughs> right? I'd be complimented if I knew who your uncle was. Could you give me yeah, a yeah, thing? Actually, I'd say, I'll, I'll let you hear this one because it's really, which is more than I can say for one of the weirdest shows on the station, the Treasure Ivan show, which consists of 60-plus-year-old kitty songs from music and old radio TV programs on Saturday, Sunday morning. The program and its hyper-cheery host is the kind of offering that causes mothers to draw their kids close and say, don't, no attention to that, man, while hustling out the door as fast as possible. Which raises the question, who is that show aimed at? I can't imagine any kid being interested in reruns of Howdy Doody, and if the show's aimed at nostalgic baby boomers, what kind of old geek would spend an hour or two listening to obscure old kitty radio shows. That's the creepy uncle your mother warned you about. Well, she doesn't get it. Somebody really sent that? Yeah, sure. Well, she, she blogged it, actually. She, uh, was, uh, she didn't like the station in the first place, and she didn't like me at all. So, yes, you know, you, you got it. You're, you're vulnerable when you're on the radio or anything in the arts, you know, and if you're doing something good, somebody's going to just not like you at all. I don't want to know where that blog is. I, I just sent it to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Her, her nickname is Cannonball, which kind of gives you the idea. Of <laughs> and where do we light and, the powder? You know, in fact, you know, Lenny Bruce is one of my idols as far as uh, comedy went, because he, he kind of opened the doors for many lesser comedians mm -hmm. than himself. Right. Yeah. He said, when somebody criticizes me, if it's a really a zinger, he said, I have to, I enjoy it, you know, it's, it's when they're, when they're unfair that uh, then it's something else, but, you know, um, I don't mind, I really don't mind at all, because it's certainly much more made up by the woman who wrote, who bears mother, that, that, that may, that's a, worth a thousand uh, letters of people who don't get it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, we're having oh, a Cannon, Cannonball needs her wicklet. <laughs> right. Well, mm. anyway. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on, and um, 
If you do have that canary chill, boy, that would be the for me. I'm well, let me, I have to write it down or I'll forget. Hard so let me, let me do that right now. And then I'm going to ask you a question because sure. that means I can send you more than that. Okay, so now we need the canary show. I found it for Ralph in California, so I know it's in my collection somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's probably in a CD that's titled something like Whatever. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know, I mean, because it was only the one show. But I'll find it again. If I if I can't find it in my mess, I'll find it again. I love it. Anything you send, it gets listened to plenty. Uh, Lorenzo Jones, I really got lost in. I think I became Lorenzo Jones really that is so funny and you know before a couple you and and at least one other started talking about lorenzo jones i had no idea what you were talking about well to me that's sitting on the chair and watching my mother iron and we would just talk back and forth i mean when i was six or seven years old and i just have very fond uh, radio memories of that oh yeah oh that's cute okay you're into kid stuff right well, you know, yes, that's my business. Yeah, all right. That was just kind of like my rhetorical question. You're into yeah. kids' shows. Who was Jingles Jones? Jingles must be uh, the, the Range Riders partner. One more time. Divine. Andy Divine. Andy Divine, yeah. Who? Oh, yeah. He was and he was... More, uh, he was a, uh, let me throw out a little more knowledge here. He was also uh, um, Andy's gang Um that's Remember? right. Okay. And he was Brown. also... My name he, is Buster Brown. I live in his shoe. This is my I dog, Tig. He lives in here, too. Yeah. My cousins... And that, I didn't say that right. My cousin said that one night. And... This is my wife. I, I, and he said I hi. wasn't right. Hey, Eva. Hi, Walden. Hi, Patricia. Uh, hi there. How are you, Eva? Hi, Ivan just uh, threw the phone at me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, that's lucky for us that he did. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. I I think the reason he tossed me the phone is I I was piping up to say, didn't Andy Devine do a stint on the Jack Benny show? He sure did. Yes, he did. That's what I wanted to ask him. You are right on top of it. But he, he gave me an answer for Jingles Jones. He knew it was Andy Devine. But he didn't pair him up with the correct person. Do you know who he paired up with as a sidekick? Oh, boy, Jingles. Uh, I don't. It was the Kitty Western. And That's I, right. That's right. I admit I don't listen to many of those. You, you're absolutely in the right territory. So I'm, I'm going to give him a hard time when he gets back on the phone. <laughs> oh, I'll tell him. Because he knew who he was. It was Wild Bill Hickok's sidekick. I, I won't. I won't squeal. I'll. I'll let you uh, make Ivan sweat. I <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. So but he, he knew who he, he knew who he was. But you got the Jack Benny thing. Now, when he was on Jack Benny, he was also known, uh, and they would say it occasionally on the Jack Benny show, that he would. He had an honorary position in Van Nuys. Do you know what it was? Gosh, no, I don't remember. Was he the mayor? That's right. Yes, he was the honorary mayor. And Jack would occasionally refer to him as the mayor. Was he sitting in for Rochester at that point? No. No, he was... I'm sorry. Just another character on the show. 
He was his own character. Interesting. Mm -hmm. We've been listening a lot to um, Phil Harris lately, partly thanks to Kim's show, which I love every weekend on Sunday nights, I think. Yep. Yep. But also because Ivan adopted a small miniature rabbit. He's a, called a Netherland dwarf. And he weighs about two and a half pounds. He's brown oh. and fuzzy. And his name is Frank. And we were trying to figure out what his last name was. And I was positing that it might be Remley. <laughs> I think Remley is a great suggestion. If this rabbit can't tell you what his last name is, I think you should have your adoption papers drawn up as Remley. So that's Frank, that Frank living doors? Well, he's... He everybody for waiting. I had some uh, interesting internet issues and stuff like that there. And it's Saturday night. What's this? April the 20th. Almost Christmas. April the 20th, year 2013. I'm Wong Q. Hello, Patricia. Did I lose Patricia? I wonder if I lost Patricia. Hello there. Hold on, hold on, caller. I think I lost Patricia. Oh dear. Okay, give me a second. Call you stay by. I think we lost Patricia. Let's play a little music. <laughs> Jaws for Windows and Ready. Welcome to Skype. All page down. Got sure escape. Leaving menu bar. Skype straight. Top of file. How would you rate the overall quality? It's hard to find. Escape and Skype trademark 18 Walden.news. Patricia. Selected Bill Bragg. Patricia. Patricia. Carolyn. Carolyn Vines. Page up. Page up. Imaginary colors. Echo Slack. Bill Bragg. Bill Bragg. Online. 3 of 100. Bill Bragg. On the mobile device. Echo Slack. Imaginary. Jerry. Jimmy Will. John Gaston. Kansas.